Keepers of the Flame, the classic metal podcast with Rev Taylor and Darren Wall. Reviews, interviews, and conversation since 2021. Hello and welcome back to the 19th episode of Keepers of the Flame, the heavy metal podcast, has classic metal podcast, your source for all things classic metal, nerdy and otherwise. Um, Mr. Rev Taylor is not with me this week. Um, he literally is on is off on a LARPing adventure camp with a bunch of kids. I'm not even making that up. So that's his job, which is the perfect job for that guy, if you know him. And uh, it's pretty awesome. So he's off. He's off doing that. Um, so my name is Darren Wall. I'm hosting the show as usual. Um, this week I brought a, a couple of heavy hitters to help me out because we got to review a pretty uh, fucking heavy album this week. So with me are uh, Keepers of the Flame alumni, uh, Rob Steinway from Skeletor and Jeff Black from Geekkeeper. How's it going, boys? Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> it's going great. Thanks for having me on again. Nice to be here with Jeff, too. Yeah, yes. it's great to, great to chat with you, boys. Yeah, and you know, it's people who don't know we're all pretty good buds in real life. So this is just kind of like us hanging out. We basically did this all quarantine anyway. Yeah, we kind of did actually. We we sort of uh, we lost the thread a few months ago, but there was like it was like a weekly thing where we'd all just hop on that old internet and tell some stories and, and occasionally and then, see people smoke meth on camera. That was loud. I won't mention. I won't mention any names, but there was one occasion where a guy whipped out a bag of meth and was just poking some meth on camera, and that was that was a little wild. That was one of the reasons why I think I kind of trailed off doing that for a bit. And, and also sending out uh, chat invites to people at three in the morning or one in the morning. Yeah, that happened a couple times. <laughs> just trying to get constantly trying to get the singer from Helix to join. Yeah, Brian Palmer never came online, but I think he did get mad. Probably. Robbie sent me a message during one of the chats saying, is everything okay with Darren? He sent me five <laughs> invites to this chat. I just want to make sure he's okay. I'm like, what's the hangout, man? Yeah, I just want to fucking hang out, bud. Huh? just really misses you. <laughs> just wants a chat. All right. Well, hey, as usual, you know, if this one, this episode will, if I can remember, be coming out on a Sunday night. Um, so I am drinking this week, uh, coming to you straight from Sherwood, Oregon, which is where I'm working. I picked up this local Northwest Pale Ale from Fort George Brewing, and I got to say, this is excellent. So I'm quite happy with the beverage scene down here in Oregon. Um, but yeah, we have quite the album to talk about this week. We are going to be talking about um, the new self-titled album by Halloween. And holy mm. boys, this was a monster of a record. It was, I went in with fairly moderate expectations and I was blown away. What did you guys think? Rob? I mean, when I heard that this was happening, I was a little skeptical because usually when you have these like reunion albums and gigs sometimes they're like oh it's a bunch of old dudes you know they're all past their prime you know they're in the limelight of their career but then they dropped the first single which was the last song in the album skyfall and i was pretty blown away uh it's excellent and then the second single which is the first track or sorry the second track on the album and i was like wow this is awesome so i was i was impressed i really enjoyed the album 
Yeah. Um, I've had kind of a, a wacky sort of on-off relationship with Halloween over the last, like, however many years and how, however many records. And um, this album... I don't, I don't, I don't really know. It's, it's, it's funny because there was like a lot of hoopla surrounding it, but I didn't really have a lot of expectations about it, and I don't really know why because it's the kind of album I would normally have huge expectations for. And I remember listening to the singles, and I just don't, maybe I just wasn't quite in that in the headspace to hear them. But I just remember them kind of, I just like I don't even remember what they sounded like at that time. But then when I sat down and actually listened to the record, it kind of it like it really got me like. I think I was just going through um, a phase over the last little bit where I wasn't really listening to a lot of power metal or even a lot of traditional heavy metal. And then I heard this album and I was like, oh yeah, like power metal fucking rules, dude. <laughs> it does. It is yeah. nice to get that reminder once in a while. And actually me and Jeff did go to Las Vegas to see the Pumpkins United tour. Was that 2019? How, how was uh, that by the way? That's a good question, actually. 2019 or, or late? It was uh, it was September or October. Oh, so it was late 2018. I think so. Yeah, best show I saw that year for sure. Awesome. Yeah, and I would say it's a top ten all time show for me. Wow, <clears throat> it was excellent. Never, I did. I'd never seen Halloween before, and uh-huh. you know, kind of like Jeff, I'd had a, I've had an interesting on off, you know, relationship with that band, and you know, I've really liked a lot of the stuff they've done, and I really honestly despised a lot of the stuff they've done too um so and also there's like there's been a lot of drama around it and when bands have a lot of drama that can turn me off sometimes like but you know i get it i mean especially in a band like this where they were you know at, the, at a certain point in time they were really big even commercially so you know it's almost like a, it's a working relationship more than an artistic endeavor at some point which you know definitely does bring egos and opinions and, and whatnot to the forefront um but yeah you could tell at that show that we saw um how much fun they were having because yeah it, it really came through the really came through the audience those guys were just up there having the time of their lives and you can kind of tell that you know a lot of things have come full circle for them and it's really cool that they felt that they were in the rice head space to all make a record together yeah, and I, I agree with that, especially regarding the show, because it's it's definitely the kind of thing that could have just been like a phoned-in cash grab, but it was a very well put together show, like an like an excellently like curated performance, you know. And I was super impressed by how all the how all three of the singers performed. It was super cool to see uh, Kai Hansen playing guitar on all the songs and singing the backup vocals in all the songs, not just. Not just the shit he wrote or played on originally, but he played he played on all the Andy Darius material. Like I thought that was like super classy. It just yeah. it really seemed like they all gave a shit. And I mean that that definitely makes a show for real. Like if they, they could, like you said, they could have just phoned it in. It could have been like, oh, here's a song from the Keepers album. Let's have that lineup come out. And then like, oh, now we're gonna play something from Time of the Oath or whatever. Now all those guys leave and it's just the lineup now or but instead with them kind of all gelling on stage. It didn't feel like a greatest hits, you know, casino tour, which are the part yeah. to avoid because I just find those depressing. But this this <laughs> was very like invigorating. It was it was fun. It was a top 10 show for me uh, because of a, you know, just never seeing Halloween before, always wanting to, never thinking I would, especially never thinking I'd see them with Kai Hansen or Michael Kiske. Like, very cool, yeah. Never, never thought that would happen. Um, but yeah, the, the, just to have them do it 
so 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 well um, was just pretty incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess we should talk a little bit. You know, there are some people who listen to this show that aren't you know super huge in heavy metal and don't know a lot about these bands. So I'll talk a little bit about the history. So the roots of this band go back to like way back to like 1978, and some of these songs were written by Kai Hansen back then. They officially become Halloween in 84. They signed to Noise Records in 85. They released their debut EP, Walls of Jericho. Um, they find Michael Kiske in the band Ill Prophecy. Uh, they record Keepers of the Seven Keys One. At this point, you know, Kai Hansen and some of the group members, some of the members of the band, they're have, starting to have disputes over. The main thing they just fought over from what I remember it was touring schedules. Like he always wanted to take breaks and they were like, no, we got to go on tour. Uh, but they were also diverging uh, interests in songwriting directions. They make Keepers, Keepers of Seven Keys Part 2 that comes out. So both those albums are huge successes, especially commercially. Uh, Kai Hansen leaves in 88. Uh, Roland Grappau comes in. Um, they sign with EMI. So that's their big break on a big label. But then they make Pink Bubbles Go Ape and Chameleon. These are both very experimental albums that are massive commercial failures. Um, then Michael Kiske's fired. Um, Andy Darris from Pink Cream 69 comes in. They return in 94. They make a bunch of albums, uh, Masters of the Ring, Master of the Rings, Time of the Oath, Better Than Raw, et cetera, et cetera. Time of the Oath is one of my personal favorites. I love that record. Um, Excellent record. Yeah. In 2000, they make The Dark Ride. After, after that, there's like a lot of member changes. A lot of people are in and out. Um, a bunch of the members leave and form Master Plan, which was a, another a really fantastic band, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed their music. Um, their lineup kind of stabilizes after 05. And then in 2016, they announced the Pumpkins United thing, which features Kai Hansen and Michael Kiske come back, which leads us to where we are today and their 16th studio album with this Pumpkins United lineup. It's self-titled. It's under the name Halloween. Um, and there's a rich history to this band, lots of some turmoil and shit, but it's a very long story in history. And this album, I think, really kind of brings it all together, all the different member changes, all the different vocalists. Um, I found it to be very ambitious. Um, one of the things Jeff mentioned about the show, I like about the album too. I like how the vocalists' um, voices play with each other. I like how Kiski's soaring vocals kind of interact with the gruffer approaches from the other two. Um, this is very evident on some of these songs and it's really, really featured all the way throughout. Um, I like Marcus Groskopf is one of my favorite power metal bases and he gets to do like these, he does a lot of like funky shit, like, you know, a little bit of tapping and like a little bit of funky stuff. Then it, it happens now and again on this record, which is, I almost always call it like the comic relief on a Halloween album when he does this. Um, so he, he's featured quite well on there. Um, the drumming, it's pretty, it's, pretty it's, it's really competent power metal drumming i don't know if it really stands out but it's it's a standard power metal affair drumming wise for me basically so it's Just, very but it's very competent yeah it definitely definitely lots of speedy double bass lots of speedy double bass <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i didn't i don't really notice the drumming which for me is kind of a plus actually yeah I, mean, I don't notice if i don't notice the drums it means they're doing the job that's true. I mean, you, especially as a producer with a producer's engineer's ears like you do, if, chances are if you notice the drumming, you're mad about the snare. <laughs> okay, well, it's, if I notice the drumming, that it's it's either like I love it or I think there's like issues. 
Yeah. So yeah. You know, he's certainly locked in the whole album, but he's not doing a lot of flashy, like no huge, huge, huge fills, you know, no drum sets falling down flights of stairs, that type of deal. But no, no, he, he serves the material. I think exactly. Yep. And, and production wise, I mean, this album sounds massive. You know, we mm-hmm. talked about off the air that this has a big, big budget production, like huge budget production. Um, this album no, sounds expensive. Yes. Yes, it does. It certainly doesn't sound fake, which is good. Um, you definitely can hear all the instruments. Everything's nicely separated. Um, all the tones are top shelf. Every, everything's just really polished and top shelf. Mm-hmm. A lot of vocal layers as well. A lot of vocal harmonies going throughout. Um, yeah. Very cool use of synths as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, some well, I think that's, and, and I think with a, with a three, you know, a, a, a three singer attack like this, that really kind of is necessary. Like those, the, those layers have to be there in order for this to work. Otherwise, you know, like we talked about, it would be like a show where, yeah, you're bringing out this lineup now. It's really cheesy, really cheesy if like all the songs Kiski sang on were like throwbacks to the Keepers era. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the Kai Hansen songs are throwbacks to like Walls of Jericho and the Harris songs were, you know, towards what he did. But they really collaborated and made a pretty, pretty unified album. And it's 14 songs long. So it's yeah. cool that it does sound that like cohesive at that length the the interesting thing with the vocals too is how they really utilize uh Kiske with the the soaring majestic vocals um also high but then we have andy Darris for the more gruff aggressive parts um his his voice is a little bit more gravelly but in a, in a pleasant way and then kai also kind of i don't ever i think he he has lead vocals on a couple parts but he mostly mm-hmm. is in the background uh and he does a couple of old school, like throat shredding screams that he is kind of known for throughout his career. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he does like some call and response sort of stuff with the other guys, um, some backup stuff, and uh, you you can you can make him out like in the in the kind of the choir sections yeah. a little bit. But yeah, I think you're right. I think I think I think he'll need like takes the lead on like two songs. Yeah. What um? And was the name of the guy you were saying was producing and engineering this thing? I can't remember offhand. Yes. So, um, so the main, like the, the producer of the album and, uh, you know, Halloween's kind of an old enough band to the point where the producer and the engineer aren't necessarily the same person. It's right. not true for as many bands nowadays, but, um, uh, Charlie Bauerfiend, he's, he's like a name brand power metal guy. You know, he's worked with, you know, he's done all the blind guardian albums since, um, since like the mid nineties. Um, in terms of production and things like that. Um, Dennis Ward is the co-producer of this one, who I'm, I'm a little bit, I was a little bit less familiar with, but I went back and looked at his credit list and it's like, it's like every band. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, did, he did Axis, he did Angra, he worked on Darkmoor, like so many, so many, so he many. He produced all of, all, all of our records, we just didn't know it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's and, also worth noting, noting too that uh, Dennis also was in Unisonic with... Uh, that's Michael true. and uh, um, Kai as well. Oh, interesting. That is true. He was also in Pink Cream '69 with, with, with uh, Darius as well, which I did not know. Wow, before. he's got he's got his fingerprints all over this stuff, so that's cool. All yeah. Right, well, why don't we uh, start digging into this yeah. thing here? One last one last person I should probably mention is that uh, the the mixing engineer of this is Ronald Prent. We're talking about how uh, this album sounds really expensive. 
the reason this album sounds expensive is because they got they got the guy who engineered Hysteria by Def Leppard and like Somewhere in Time <laughs> to mix this album. So that might have some pedigree. So to speak. Yeah, they got there's a there's a this album is an embarrassment of riches. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> and before we also get nitty gritty into the album too, we we didn't mention the guitar at all. Yeah. Uh, there's some really <laughs> sick, yeah. sick guitar work, uh, excellent harmonies, and some cool, tasteful solos throughout the album. Lots of that classic Halloween dual shredding. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, just that those absolutely like wicked fast harmonies and, and, and stuff. It's, it's yeah, those, those kind of harmonized like mobile picked kind yeah. of things as well, which I really like the double, like the double pick, like kind of yeah, thing. I love, those. I, I love how too they use that frequently throughout the album to transition between different soloists so mm -hmm. like you'll have one guy soloing then we'll have a cool little harmony thing another guy solos and i guess the advantage too when you have three guitar players you can pull that stuff off like kind of seamlessly live um yeah so, that's true because so. two guys can finish that little transition line the other guy can start soloing so you yeah. can actually do that um yeah it's pretty I'm cool. Gonna, and, don't don't give my bandmates any fucking ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it is very cool. I mean, I mean, Michael uh, Vykath, uh, he's he's obviously been like an I think he's an OG member, if I'm not mistaken. He's an OG. He's one of the OG guitar players. Kai Hansen, of course, is OG in the band as well. And so it's cool to hear them doing their classic thing that they're well known for. But uh, Sasha Gerstner, of course, um, who's I think he joined the band on Gambling with the Devil in the mid 2000s. If I'm not mistaken, and he's he's, yeah. a, he's a, a an extremely talented guitar player as well. Like if you hear like some of the more modern shreddy kind of stuff, it's usually him. And he's from uh, he was in Freedom Call, notably, which he brings a little bit oh, of his wow. influence. So that's right. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of German heavy metal royalty. Yeah, Man, so I haven't heard the name Freedom Call in a minute. <laughs> it's almost like this is Halloween's just a super group at this point because so many of the members were involved with other projects or went on to do other things. I mean, Kai Hansen went and formed Gamma Ray, which is kind of like German power metal number band number two or three, you know, on the yeah, list. Absolutely. And so, yeah. yeah some would argue number one, even. So I, I don't agree with them, but some would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's they definitely, all these guys have gone off and done lots of things. And now, I guess. Now they're back doing what they do here. Um, so yeah, all right. Well, let's uh, let's kind of dig into this. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot. I feel like I'm still taking it in. Yeah, there's for sure. Me too. There's a, there's a lot on this one, and it's, it hasn't been out very long. So mm -hmm. um, there's there's a lot to, a lot to take in. Um, mm -hmm. So this album kicks off with "Out for the Glory," which um, has a really interesting intro. I kind of felt it was like a power metal South of Heaven. Um, <laughs> When it kicked in, it kind of like reminded me of it had like that kind of dissonant feeling to it, and it did. It definitely kind of reminded me of Slayer a little bit there. But it's it's super cool. So that kind of lingers for a while. The first album that I've reviewed in like five that didn't have the title track kicked the fucking album off. So I was happy about it. <laughs> it's just been like seems to be a trend now, but it didn't. So I was happy about that. But then you know when it when the when the song kicks in, you hear like kiss his voice right away and it really like just reaffirms you that this is gonna be have all the elements of the halloween classic sound that we know and love um there's like 
the soaring vocals are just everywhere. The choruses are super catchy. And this just, this really, for me, set the tone for what we're going to hear for the rest of the album. And I was stoked right away. Yeah. <clears throat> they definitely kind of uh, grabbed some of that old Keepers kind of vibe on this one. Yeah, to, to me too, the beginning of the song, I know that you mentioned like a South of Heaven vibe. It, it almost was re- reminiscent as well of like uh, Halloween, the, the song they do yep. uh, off of uh, Keepers 1. And kind of just really like, like you said, like dissonant, almost dark and sinister, but it just kind of builds, it kind of trails off and then kind of builds up and ramps into the, you know, dual, dual guitar harmonies, double bass, you know, the, the bass guitar is just driving along too. And then it just, like you said, kicks right into the, the soaring vocal line that, you know, from that era uh, really captures that vibe. Um, and, and also too, the interesting thing about this song I felt is that it almost seemed like each section was like stepping it up and stepping it up and stepping it, getting more majestic, getting more over the top and then into the chorus. And then the post chorus kind of kicks into a, uh, to me, it sounded very gamma ray esque, like with the Kai kind of doing a little shouting part uh, after that. And then we kind you of can go hear back. his influence already. Yeah, you know, exactly. Track one, you could, you could tell, you can hear his writing influence already. You can, tell he's back he's back and he's kind of one of the chief engineers driving the ship so to speak um totally really hear his influence off the bat and this song is definitely one of the things you talked about there was like dynamics and there's an acute awareness of dynamics um in every single in every single one of these songs like they're always telling a story they're always taking us on different in different directions and that was one of my favorite aspects of this song and this album too so you're right it Really builds up and builds up and builds up and it just keeps building keeps building keeps building and then big epic solo section yeah. trade-offs and then it kind of goes into this like i, I thought it was kind of goofy this that that's the talking part. speech part yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. where he's yeah. like hello your majesty blah blah blah, 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 blah. and i was <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. okay but you know it's german power metal they they're a little silly goofy a little yeah. bit of that humor kicking in they've always kind of be a little bit tongue-in-cheek band so <laughs> that, that 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 was kind of their that was like kind of their shtick yeah. when they first got started is they were like a german they're like a heavy metal band that was kind of goofy mm-hmm. and that was sort of like something that i think they intentionally lead into leaned into a little bit yeah so can, and it's you're you, you we haven't we haven't really seen that for a minute so it, it is kind of cool to see like a little bit of that tongue-in-cheek and that humor coming back in and there's a lot of this record so um yeah, this is a great way to start the album too. By the way, this this track is it awesome. is it's perfect. Yeah. It's a great it's a great opening track. And yeah, like that the, the ending of the song is is goofy. And but this is the only band in the world that can get away with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's a lot of fun. It really just yeah, it it really it really prepares you. It just it just kind of lets you know like oh yeah, this is this is like really fucking awesome like badass power metal and from the guys who basically invented this style yeah. of music. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it really yeah. just sounds like they're reclaiming the throne in a way. Yeah. So, so next up is uh actually one of my favorites on this track on this album was Fear of the Fallen. Um I I thought um this was really cool. Um it's it's got this nice clean kind of melodic intro and the song's a bit of a roller coaster, but the main riff is my favorite part. Like I think that main riff on this song is just really fantastic. It's super catchy. Um, it's pretty simple. Uh, there's not much to it, but it really, 
you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it gets stuck in my head and I like those kind of, you know, I don't know how to describe it. Like almost like a little hammer on bass riff riffs like that. I really dig it. Um, like the, you know, fucking revs got me listening to lyrics a lot now. And I really like the lyrics on this, on this track. Cause it's kind of like, seems to be like a track about, you know, being decisive in your existence and, you know, kind of like shit or get off the pot, you know, you gotta, if you're going to go for something, you got to go for it. And that's kind of mm-hmm. mantra that I really live by. Uh, so it really resonated with me lyrically. Um, Andy Darris kicks in here, you know, this is like, we see him featured and he kicks ass on this one. He really shines. Yeah. Um, He's so charismatic. He really is. is. And uh, you know, this one, and that was a, another cool thing about this album is there's always been a lot of comparisons between the two and, a lot of people are in one camp or the other. And this is kind of like, you don't, it's kind of like cool to see him keeping up with the, the, the his predecessor. And that was, for me as a guy who's always been like, I love both of them, you know, um, it's kind of redeeming for me personally as a fan to see him holding court, so to speak, uh, with, with, with the old school guy. Lots of classic Halloween dual shredding, like Jeff was talking about those like, you know, kind of harmonized fucking uh, tremolo parts in this one. And at 345, we get this really cool, like it breaks right down to, you know, something a little softer, more chill. There's lots of dynamics on this one. This is this uh, this is an album highlight for me. I love this track. It's really good. I love like the, the, the softer pre-coursey kind of sections and things like that. The, he's really, he really stretches out the vocal lines and everything. Very memorable, memorable chorus. This is like a, this is like a top form Darius. Cause I think he wrote this one, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Darius has quite a few like writing credits on yeah. a lot of these tracks. And this, this is like a this is a very fine like Darius piece. The other thing too that uh speaking of both the singers going uh, or well Darius and Kiske uh going simultaneously, the chorus really dials this. This is the I think the first instance where we really get a good mixture of the two. They're trading off. They're not like singing over each other or like, you know, they're really mixing well and it definitely got rid of any doubt that I had that their voices wouldn't work together. Um, it's just, it's executed really, really well throughout uh, this, the chorus. And honestly, the choruses in general on this album are all like, ear, they're really put a lot of work into writing them and they're all earworms. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. totally are, man. And it's going to be fun to see this shit like, live especially like in festivals in europe like the fe- people over there are gonna go fucking crazy for these songs mm-hmm. another thing yeah. worth worth mentioning I, I feel like is that when it kind of low keys about three quarters of the way through the song and gets quiet again and you know there's like the more whispered or softer decide decide and then mm-hmm. they have this cool section where it's like a call answer answer where there one vocalist comes in with listen held out another one comes in with another listen stepped up and then a, another listen stepped up and it just really meshes well and uh like you said it kind of hit really hits home with the the lyric lyrical content and the message of the yeah. song yeah I, I i know that that part is very cool and it's that's that's some studio fun like you know that's that's not the kind of thing you can like make up in the rehearsal room like that's that's some studio fun that you're having and it's cool to hear that because moments like that in the studio where someone comes up with this idea it's that you know just you just kind of like start playing around with it and it snowballs and it becomes something really cool so I, I, and, and these details are 
kind of going back to something I, I said a little earlier, I mean, th- these are the details of people who give a shit. Like, it's clear, and like, you know, like what you're saying, Rob, like the way, like the fact that their voices mesh well together, I mean, that doesn't happen by accident. Like, these are both like professionals at the top of their game, and they're really like, you can tell they probably practiced the shit out of that. Or you know, yeah. like the like had like or like at least had some guidance and were able to make that mesh together because um, you know if you get two vocalists in a room they're not always gonna it's not always gonna jive you know there's not always gonna be like a natural chemistry or whatever but like these are two guys who are really like just winding it around and uh, yeah it just sounds super pro it's like a it's like a joy you know mm-hmm. I think the fact that they toured extensively for a couple well, not, not super extensively there wasn't that many pumpkins united shows but i think the fact that they toured you know a yeah. fair bit before this this happened probably helped out a lot because you know they were they were doing that uh, over a lot of the classic halloween material we saw them. like they were you know it was it was pretty that was one of the coolest things you'd see like you know andy Darris would be up there singing a song and then kiski would like sneak into the background and you hear him like doing his backups and harmonies on it, which was pretty cool. Yeah. It definitely takes like a, a lot of professionalism too, to, to step in be in having been a lead singer to be like, I'm going to just sit back. I'm going to let someone else take the, the front of the stage and soar. And then I'm going to lend my voice to theirs to help boost up the parts as well. So mm-hmm. if only all singers were so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it never sounds like a contest. Yes. Yes. They're not, they're not definitely not competing. They're just like, they're all, they're both lending themselves to the song and doing what suits the song the best. So. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So moving on, we get code to the song best time. And I was really excited when I saw this title, I knew this was going to be awesome. Like I was, this is going to be fucking rad. And it definitely rules. It totally rules. It's, it's, it's got like the, it's got some great pop, and I'm not saying it's in a bad way. It's got some great poppy hooks, you know. Yeah. Um, I almost got like an I Want Out vibe to this. Yeah. And I had this weird thought that like somehow it's like a, a bizarre sequel to that song. It probably isn't, but it's like maybe just reflecting the, the mood that maybe Kai's now having the best time in this band, whereas before he wanted to get the fuck out. Yeah. I don't know. That was just a weird theory I had in my brain. But yeah, it's, it's definitely like a medium paced rocker in that style of like, I want out or like maybe a little bit like perfect gentleman or like gamma yeah. rays heaven or hell or Gary Moore's out in the fields. Like those yeah. songs are kind of all similar. It's a little bit AOR. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, totally it's, AOR. Which I, which I love. It's, and the, yeah, the, I love this song. The chorus is very anthemic and like it almost, it's interesting too. Cause it almost sounds a little like sad to me, but it's at times, the same time, yeah. Lyrically, it's just like very like uplifting and positive. That's versus... a theme through the whole through a lot of the album where there's like a bit of melancholy, but it's optimistic. You know, overall, like the the, the songs can start off a little bit sad, or like there's a sad about like a hint of like things being melancholy or going through like some kind of hard experience, but then it's always like optimistic and uplifting. Like you know, we'll overcome it or you know the good times outweigh the bad or whatever um it has that classic cheery hell halloween vibe to it mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of drama not just to the like not the, not just to the performance but to the writing and the composition totally I, I thought for sure that this would this song was written by kai hansen because he wrote 
I want out, I believe. Yeah. And but I, I looked at the booklet and it says that Andy and Sasha wrote it. Oh, cool. But it's like to me, I, I think that they're trying to capture that I want out vibe, but like a positive spin. Like felt like it, yeah. Um I like the bass driven verses too. I thought mm-hmm. I, I always like that, you know, because I play bass. So I, I always yeah. like that, but it's just super it, it just it just enhances the you know. The, the fun of it and you just when that, when that happens to me i just know that an epic chorus is coming <laughs> that's just the best way to enhance an epic chorus is just to strip the verses down to nothing yeah i think that's exactly. really cool too is that marcus can he can pull off those just holding it down really with solid with the drums and then also do those little really flourishy crazy parts like you were talking about it's like almost funk stuff that he does yeah i like the man i just i i still trying to learn how to play eagle fly free and it's just one of the pains of my fucking existence that song is so hard it's also just really not what i do on the bass guitar but i love that song so much that i'd love to just learn how to play it one day that's the first halloween song i heard oh really well, that's a that's a good fucking start dude yes yeah, i think some, mine was mine was probably halloween hmm. or what some, some, some punk guys at my school uh all loved that song but ironically and they showed it to me and I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. And they're like, wait, you really like this? And I was like, yeah, this is this is great. So. I, I'm a, I came into it. I, I went right into the Darius era um, just from a kid, like a kid in a small town, just trying to like illegally pirate albums off of like LimeWire and shit. Oh, yeah. 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 We've all so been I, there. I ended up I think I ended up at Mr. Torture first. Oh, Mr. Torture. That's a, a sick song. Oh, yeah. I love that, dude. Yeah, man, it's great. Love that one. Uh, anyway, Nick, mass pollution next, yeah. Mass pollution yes. next. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I love the overdriven bass in the intro. Like that. That's I don't know what he's using, but it's, it's some kind of like overdrive. But it, it it's fucking awesome. It sounds just dirty as hell and really really fucking cool. Um, this one again is a little more in like the rock category. Um, it's kind of continuing the fun vibe that we got in the last song. Um, Real, like, kind of, you know, fist-bumping uh, anthem. Uh, yeah. There's, like, a weird megaphone, like, part in the middle. <laughs> it was, like, a voice yeah. all messed out. And that made me laugh, but it was – it still is kind of cool. Like, it didn't make me cringe. It was, you know – again, this is – they're really – this is a really another really fun song that kind of goes hand-in-hand with the last one. This song is, like, their heavy metal anthem on the on the record. Like, the, like, like the lyrics are about um, – them not about heavy metal not being noise pollution yeah <laughs> it's literally like this is like literally like their um like heavy metal is the law cut it's, it's their rock and roll a noise pollution yeah <laughs> yeah i definitely i got like a, i don't know if you guys felt about like accept type vibes that german yeah. classic heavy metal with like a tinge of power metal and maybe like also modern primal fearish but a little bit more in the accept realm um yeah it was definitely very i and again, like we, we, we used poppy, like in terms of describing some of the choruses and stuff like that. But to me, like, this is, this sounds like it's almost like a, a single yeah, uh, yeah. design. And I, I could see this being like a, a crowd favorite live, especially with the make some noise yeah. and all that type of stuff and cheering that they have samples of cheering at one point. So, 
Yeah, it's it's a big course in this one too. I mean, they're yeah. they're all pretty big. This one's this one's big. Yeah, it's a big old course. It's a bit huge. Huge, <laughs> huge. course. Uh, and I think the, like I'm giving you a, I'm giving you a point where like I think whenever we say the word poppy about something, it just means it's really good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you might be right. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it, it, poppy, like what you think of, like something that's just almost exclusively designed to just burrow in your ear and you can just like hear it nonstop. And yeah, exactly. And it's and to me, definitely, this is like one of the big, like you said, biggest choruses, and like it just drills in your brain, basically. Um, also, the solo section was like kind of like a priest style, like uh, uh, old school priest style uh, solo trade off, especially in the, the the riffing portion and how they go back and forth was was sweet to hear. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is a track for me where it kind of feels like um, like they're kind of playing into their influences a little bit more. Yeah, th- this doesn't have a like a Keeper's Era or a Master of the Rings or Time of the Oath vibe to me as well. It's more of like a little bit more traditional heavy metal. Like, and obviously, like if, if you've been listening, if you've listened to Gamma Ray, like Kai draws a lot of influence from Priest uh, in his songs uh, and that definitely rears its head here. Um, and I mean, all, yep. all, all, all these guys are inspired by priests. So pretty much we all are. Yeah. And if you, if you say you're <laughs> not you're lying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it pretty much, pretty much everybody is. Uh, yeah, I think so. But yeah, it's hard, it's hard not to I be. Mean, we're batting a thousand on these songs so far. Um, <laughs> angels. Um, angels. This Maybe song it's... is the odd duck to me. Yes. This is the dark horse. This is exactly. The, this is a very dark sounding song to me. Yeah. I, I actually really like this song. I, I maybe I I'm alone. Song. You love this song? I love this song. It's I think it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of starts off and it's almost almost Broadway-ish. Yeah, a little bit. Like, <laughs> it's very synth organs, piano. A little goth kind yeah. of. Yeah. A little goth, yeah. To me, it's almost like uh we, we've kind of been in like the power metal, heavy metal wheelhouse, like where we're really familiar. And now we're hitting some more sinister, dark, like kind of when the power metal bands are like, well, we want to do a, a moody album that maybe pulls in a little bit of like proggy influence, like mm. um, dark, sinister vibe. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Plus, I think it just track listing wise, you know, these guys are smart enough to know, hey, like we've done. This is what we've done up until this point. We need to change it and it needs to be pretty, it should be pretty drastic. And I think this was definitely like by design that they knew they needed to put something here that's going to switch dynamics up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like this one. Like the, the synth intro came in and then um, Kiske comes in like, oh, I've had a dream. You know, and I'm just like, <laughs> yes. It was like exactly what I needed to hear. Like in that, yeah. in that instant, I was like, okay. This they got it like they they figured this shit out you know <laughs> totally like well, even even if like the rest of the album sucked you know <laughs> up to this me. point we're good yeah but yeah That's I mean nice. if, if if it was another poppy like you know power metal or you know rock and roll whatever it was it would become like everybody polka at that point right yeah so, okay this is cool but now it's gonna get old yeah are we gonna get another five minutes of straight double bass. In soaring vocals and dual guitar harmonies, yeah, so we get a little very bit intelli- yeah, very intelligently they threw us a massive curveball here. Which, yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I I enjoyed this immensely too. I think it was 
it, it came along at the right time. It's really theatrical. The performances are awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just just a really, really, really good songwriting, really good placement of this track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's killer. Like, yeah, and very, very like, um, yeah, it's just it, it's it's a it's a very different kind of song for them too. I feel like, I mean, maybe I'm a maybe I'm a little off base like that. I mean, they've always had like their sort of darker ballady kind of moments, but I don't know something about this just struck me as slightly unexpected for these guys and i don't know it just it just hit it hit just right you know in in the chorus too there's the after the vocal lines there's kind of like this speedy picked ascending and then descending Mm -hmm. like guitar riff that like i just i don't think i've ever really heard them do something like that Mm -hmm. and i'll I'll say it sounds very modern metal but like in a good way like usually i know that we talk well i when i say oh that sounds like you know radio metal or whatever it's kind of negative but it sounds very this song sounds very modern to me and like but it's like kind of this dark power metal done in a good direction so yeah i don't know it it just sounds it it sounds cutting edge to me like in just like in the context of like power metal i don't know something about it just uh just clicked it's different you know Mm -hmm. it's different it's it's fresh it's not you know, it, 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 it's it, they're they're doing something they haven't really done before. You know, and it, it, they've done things like it before, but this to me for them sounds pretty new. So I hear you. I, I, it, it definitely worked. It, it worked for me too. So I was I was I was quite I was a happy camper up to this point. And at this point too in the album, if you're if you're listening to it, you're you're not going to hear like twelve songs or however many songs with all the bonus tracks of like basically keepers worship. Like there's a lot. I was of worried about that, dude. I was yeah. worried about that when I when I because the first time I listened to it was when we came out on iTunes Music. And it's fourteen fucking songs, and one of them's fourteen minutes long, and that's the recipe for me to hate something. Yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna make me yeah. sit down and listen to something that long, like fuck, as like it says, there's at some point I'm gonna get sick of it. Yeah. But, you e- know. even without the bonus tracks, it's over an hour long. Yeah, Correct. I think and I'm I think like. The- the CD version I have is 12 tracks, I think. And then the vinyl version is, I think, must be the 14 one, I think. Yeah, I got the, I got the vinyl one, the marbled vinyl one. It's 14 tracks. Nice. I, yeah. I've been listening one to on the iTunes YouTube pressing. What's that? I've been listening to the YouTube pressing. <laughs> Limited edition. Yeah. <laughs> Only uh, 175,640 copies made so far. <laughs> Jeff bought the NFT of the album. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah. Only, oh, man. I only found out what that is the other day, and I was just like, what the fuck? I think I'm just going to drive off this cliff over here. Dude, it's, a, it's a new world out there, brother. It's a new world. I mean, hey, people can spend their money on their want. Yeah. What they want, you know? At least they're not smoking crack. It works for me. <laughs> and or maybe also, they are. Before we go to the next song, because I think we're getting that direction, uh, the little, like, the solo section has like some solo lead section has like some cool piano going um oh, yeah definitely oh, yeah, that's definite true. departure uh from kind of the other stuff that we've heard on the album so far and, and it, the it was tasteful and, and different compared mm-hmm. to everything else so. that's true yeah they got the kind of the the heavenly choir is a bigger feature in this mm-hmm. tune as well so yeah they kind of they kind of drew from a yeah just a slightly different palette yeah to paint from agreed all right well let's as as Rob said, we are heading towards the next one, which is Rise Without Chains. 
Mm-hmm. Um, surprise, surprise. I like this one too. Um, yeah. The, the, the riff at the beginning is really fucking cool. Um, once again, we get this kind of like vibe lyrically of like, you know, optimism, like freedom, fun, uh, lots of twists and turns, lots of dynamics, lots of really cool. There's like a couple of really cool syncopated parts of the vocals and the instrument and all the instruments at once, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's a shred fest in the solo section of this. Yeah. Song. Fucking going off. I, I love the handoff between the two solos. There's this cool, like, almost like, our, I don't know if it's arpeggio or something, but it's like, and then it cuts over to the other sweet little transition. Very tasty. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. These guys, uh, these guys wrote the shit out of those solos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's a burner and it's a fun tune. Like this is a, this is a very Halloween song. Like we've gone from kind of like the dark horse, like odd oddball curveball kind of tune to like familiar, like pretty familiar territory. Welcome yeah. back home, right? Yeah, yeah, we're back back to majestic European power metal in full form. Mm-hmm. I really like the outro to this one too. It has like a um, again, it kind of like everything kind of breaks down to this real mellow low-key outro and I, I i thought it was really cool um they, they play that card a few times on this album but it works so you know i was down i was down with this song as well i think uh you know it's it's similar to it, it is familiar it's similar to the other ones that came before uh the dark horse so to speak but you know there's enough dynamics that are a little bit different that it doesn't it's not problematic and just another rad tune the chorus yeah, nice is awesome course. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jigs. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Very nice chorus. Yeah. I love yeah. the. Multi chorus. As, is, as is kind of like, as is kind of the norm on this record, you know? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of million dollar choruses on this record. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, they, they definitely obviously spent a, a ton of time focusing on those choruses and getting them dialed in. Well, yeah. as just, just said, imagine like one trillion Brazilians. Just, yes. just singing these. <laughs> That'd be the name of their album. The trillion, 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 trillion Brazilians. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! But as Jeff said earlier, you know they work with a producer, and that's one of the things that a producer is going to do is is say that all of them are going to be like, man, we did, they'll focus on things like that, like the hooks and the choruses, and the technical aspects of the songwriting that you know, as an artist, you can kind of lose track on sometimes when you're just kind of like writing a song and you have your vision of it sometimes it takes an outside voice to kind of pull you back and say hey the chorus needs to be bigger the chorus needs to be more this more that you know mm-hmm. needs to come in sooner you know all these little songwriting techniques that are like prolific in pop music that work well for any kind of like heavy metal is a is a type of pop music so we're, we're it's the same approach the same songwriting structure the same idea generally speaking especially with the classic stuff so mm-hmm. do the things that you can lose track of so i mean if you work with a producer they can definitely you could tell there's somebody with his hands in there going you know massaging it saying it has to be more like x y or z yeah yeah and it's, it's interesting because this is a, a record that i imagine was at least in part produced during like the quarantine year you know it had um, to be I, I read some uh, I read some interviews and it sounds like a lot of the a lot of the recording of like the guitars and whatnot was done remotely. Like it sounds like Kai Hansen kind of 
um, recorded from his own studio with his own kind of producer and engineer. And so there's a lot of kind of like bouncing ideas back and forth, sort of, you know, kind of remotely. And like Kai would send um, Michael all, all of his parts and Michael would kind of go through them and be like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. Maybe we'll tweak this, you know, but uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's, 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 it's an interesting, uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of look back with hindsight in like, yeah. let's say five years from now at records that were produced during that time frame and just kind of see if there's like any discernible traits or uh, trends rather that, that you notice after the fact. Yeah, absolutely. Rob, any more thoughts on this one? I liked it and yeah, I've said kind of all my, my, my piece. <laughs> I, it, it, yeah, like, I, like you guys said too, it's like if, if that if the angel song was a little bit too out there for, for you, like we're back on, on course on this one with kind of what you would expect. This is something you would expect Halloween to put out. Yeah. And, but it still hits the mark for me. So cool. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to the next one, indestructible. Um, Yeah. Now we're even more back home. Yeah. Indestructible. This might be the heaviest song on the record. Kind of. Yeah. Term heavy goes, especially with that intro riff. It's a big heavy riff to start it there's lots of cool shredding over top of it yeah um it definitely is classic halloween though like yeah you know it is classic halloween there's a few more modern elements to it little tinges here and there to kind of you know make it a little different but yeah we are definitely you know in the in the old school halloween wheelhouse we're gonna sing again big huge catchy chorus you know love the chorus in this one dude straight up this is one of my favorite choruses me too. It's, this is probably the biggest one on the record. It's going to be a burner live, and you know we get more of the brutal, painful Halloween optimism and cheerfulness on this song. Oh, they, yeah, they're they're very it's, happy about stuff. They are <laughs> they are in a good mood. God bless. They're, they're in a great. They've been clearly having a good time, and they're in a great mood. So, and you, it comes through shining through on this track. This fucking rules too, man. It's so much. Yeah. It's, it's a fun one. There's some self-referential things going on in some of the verses and things like that. Um, but yeah, this is, this is like a blood pumper. You know, this, this, uh, this will get some people jumping up and down. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I really, uh, I, yeah, I really had a good time with this song. Um, I, I, I like this one a little bit. This was kind of like uh, an upper, you know, kind of like that. That's sort of the sort of mid period of the record comes in. You need an upper. You know? Yeah, you do. You need something to like push you through to that second half. Yeah. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Rob, what yeah. were you feeling about this one? I, I liked it as well. Um, the vibe, I definitely got like, like, again, kind of returning back to that sort of classic German heavy metal, power metal, like, except uh, more th- just like a little bit more aggressive. You know, we have uh, Darius kind of do it, laying down the vocals for the the verse and he's bringing that more like gritty tone and then i really like the the both Darius and kiski joining for the pre-chorus and then the mm-hmm. chorus is full on michael with then like some kai answers you know we are one or i think because yeah. we are one is what he says or whatever <laughs> and it's yeah. like classic like to me that sounds exactly like what they would do on a gamma ray album it's just Kai Hansen's signature stamp on that. Um, yeah, and, this is Teutonic as fuck. Yes, yeah, very, very Teutonic. Good and it, uh, written by the bass player too, uh, Marcus. 
Yeah, yeah. He Marcus has written some bangers for yeah. them over the years. Like he's, yes, he's he written some of their some of the cooler tracks that like and people forget. He's he's like a very undervalued band member. He's also yeah, really I agree with happy. that. <laughs> he seems like he's like the happiest bass player. Like all the photos of him live, he's like smiling and he looks like he's having the time of his life. Him and the guy from Tear, dude. Him and the bass player from Tear should have like a fucking happy off. <laughs> having a good yeah, they have a good time. Yeah. They do. So you can have the most fun on stage. He's got he's got fun curls too. He's got like fun curly hair. Yeah. He's where his fun looks like fun. Comes from. He's, <laughs> he's so happy that his hair curled up. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Look at that happy guy in the album there. Dude, he he's is having a great time. Yeah, he's he's having fun. With his with his bass that is like a design like a pumpkin. <laughs> A fine, a fine mascot. Yes. yes. Does the pumpkin mascot. have a name in Halloween? Wow. I feel like I feel like he does. Google can help us with that. Well, that's the, yeah, we uh, we we are broadcasting on the internet, so there's no reason. It's true. I, I I feel like that I feel like that is or perhaps was a thing. Like that like that the the pumpkin character what had a name and if it's Gord, I'm gonna laugh my ass off. <laughs> Gord. <laughs> it was Canadian, he'd be Gordy. That's <laughs> the tightest shit ever. Gordy the pumpkin, eh? <laughs> Holy, don't you know? <laughs> Gordy came over to my house and slammed my fucking cupboards. Yeah, slam your fucking cupboards, bud. <laughs> I don't know. I can't find it. Stage with Halloween, the stage is Jesus High. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you folks. For the folks at home that are, yeah, explain to the folks at home what Canada is. <laughs> explain for the folks at home that don't know. Um, you know, New, we have a place in Canada called Newfoundland, and there's two official languages in Canada: English and French. And the Newfies don't speak either one of them. <laughs> they do have a great expression where, if you want to say something, is is if you extend your arms, like you can't see me on video. Because you know this is an audio thing, but you stand your arms sideways like I'm doing now, and something's the height of your arms like you're on the cross. That's Jesus high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you say the stage is Jesus high, that means Jesus high. it's that high. <laughs> yeah. But they're they're a fun bunch. A wonderful place. This, this show is not about Newfoundland. This is about Halloween. <laughs> so we'll go back to Halloween. Um, are we gonna roll, move on to the Robot King? Robot, Robot King time. King. Yeah, so this one, uh, this one was like a, a little bit, this was probably the campiest of all the songs I thought. <laughs> it's a little weird. <laughs> it's a little weird. Um, definitely like it comes fucking, uh, like the the vocal range displayed on this track is ridiculous. <laughs> they're fucking, they're going all, all, the, all the singers are going all out on this track. Like they hold mm-hmm. them back. Um, and that comes right out of the gates. It comes out of the gates with like, some crazy like vocal wailing, some frantic fucking riffing. Um, mm-hmm. All these singers are just on display with their range. And, you know, I was like, that's the thing. I was like um, really impressed by how Andy Darris could keep up, especially in that higher register um, with mm-hmm. Dan all those and, 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 and whatnot. Um, again, the chorus rules, because that's the theme on this album. The chorus <laughs> awesome. um, yeah. It was very long. It was longer than maybe it needed to be, but, I didn't really care. It's still it's still rad. 
Yeah, how, how long is this song? The song it goes close to seven minutes. The song's over seven wow. minutes long. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is. It's really it's pretty long. There's a there's that. So there's a lot of vocals in this song, but then a there's this, this uh, almost like two full minute like interlude of just like some guitar harmony stuff, and then just some more like riffy, like melodic stuff happening into like a, this prolonged lead guitar harmony trade off type deal. Not quite solo to me, but just more like harmonies and it it's kind of the thing like the three tremors should be doing. Yeah, the, yeah. Instead of just yelling. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They they should that three chambers should listen to this album and try to like go in this direction of how they yeah, intertwined exactly. the vocalists versus just you do a chord yeah. or you do a line yelling you do a line, at each other. You, do a, you scream a line. Now you scream a line. So yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, this song is wild, dude. It's I, I don't know what the song is about. I read the the lyrics and I was like. Oh, is this like an anti-technology song? I don't know. Like, it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's like a "Put Down Your Phone" because I'm your dad song. Like, <laughs> oh, definitely not like that. Yeah. yeah, it's not quite like that. No, but it's 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 kind of got like a bit of a, you know, like when Queensrÿche were doing the technophobic kind of thing. It's kind of like yeah. that almost. Yeah, it, it seems kind of like so a little a little more thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. The song has like two courses. Yes. Which is kind of, which is fun. It's there's fun. the, the robot king part, and yeah. then there's the yeah. There's like I like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's a bold move. Yeah, it's I really like that. I thought it was super catchy, and uh, yeah, you're right. It's it's a big statement. So it's a, it's, a, it's a burner too. Like I noticed that. Um, I find that like a lot of the people who are into like the really you know like the speed metal Kai Hansen-y kind of stuff. I saw I saw a lot of those folks quoting this as their favorite track. Which yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's nice that they're bringing the, they do bring the speed a fair bit on this record. You know, one of the things that always was appealing about Halloween, especially their really early stuff. So it's a, it's a very memorable song. I I don't I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites, but it's very memorable. Yeah, this probably I don't know to me maybe my least favorite song on the album. Um, it, I still enjoyed it, but yeah, it just like I I I can remember parts of it, but like. I can't like recall. I think it's the length, Rob. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of was the thing for me. Like if that song was three, three and a quarter minutes of like, it was just a total burner for like three and a quarter minutes. I think it would be sick. Like, cause the, the riffs is cool. The concept is weird, but cool. But like, the chorus is great. But if it was just maybe trimmed down a little bit, or if there were more dynamics to a seven minute song, I think it's just a little too much of a straight line for a seven minute song. I think the verses are pretty cool too, especially like earlier in the song. Like, like this is a very, this is like Darius, like really like turning it up a notch. Oh yeah, he gets really like gritty and like yeah, he gets, snarly. He gets snarly. And I've always said this, but I, I've always thought that Darius was like the singer that Halloween was kind of waiting for. To me, he he sounds like their logo looks. <laughs> he sounds yeah. like the pumpkin, <laughs> you know. Did we ever find a name for the pumpkin, by the way? I, I, I looked. I couldn't find a name. Okay. No, I couldn't see anything either. I thought I found one, but then it was like for some video game or something like that. So, All right. Yeah. Well, he's Gordy then. That's the way it Gordy. is. <laughs> Gordy O'Lantern. Gordy O'Lantern. Oh, dude, that's totally, that, that's totally a doofy right there. 
<laughs> or some kind of like Irish Canadian. It's some kind of Irish Canadian from backwater in Ontario that fucking gets in lots of bar fights. <laughs> Eighth generation. <laughs> <Our> letter candy. <laughs> Alrighty, um, but moving on. So we get into side, which is the, I think the shortest track on the album. It is. The intro. Can I just say I'm fucking sick of heavy metal songs called Cyanide? Like, I don't know how. There's got to be a hundred of them. And it's just like, can we... Only a hundred? More? Like, it's just... I, I've, I've heard at least, at least seven or eight tracks called Cyanide. And one of them is by Metallica, and it's super annoying. So uh, I'll honest. be honest. I'm having trouble remembering this one. Off the top of my head. It's... it's it was... Much like Rob's said, the other one was his least favorite. This is kind of my least favorite. Um, it's a short one. It's like about three minutes long. It's it's a it's a rocker. Um, I was a little confused by it. I guess I just didn't really see. I, I think that if that Robot King could have been this, like a shorter version, like a, a short three minute song, would have been awesome. Um, there's some cool hooks in it. Um, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate. I didn't dislike it at all. I thought it was okay. It just didn't really hold my attention. I did, did get a lot of repeat plays from me over the past couple of weeks. Is this one that starts with like the like the kind of the neo the slower neoclassical lead? Is that, is that is how this one starts? For some reason, I'm just drawing drawing a blank on 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 this one. For me, Robot King and Cyanide are kind of like I hate to say like the low point of the album, but like I I I, I have like I'm a nerd and I wrote note I write notes for all the songs and like I have like the least amount of notes for both these two and like I, I, I kind of struggle to kind of come up with the what is the how does the chorus sound what are the any of the lyrics for the chorus for this song um it just kind of sound it's like a to me it's a pretty standard Halloween Darius era Halloween track like something that would probably you could see uh in any of the like the last three or four albums that they've done uh, that you kind of listen to once and you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you just can't really remember anything from it. Mm, One of the right. things I would say is that, um, and just having been reviewing albums now for, you know, 19 podcasts, this is the point in the album where you start to get fatigued. Yeah. No matter what album you're listening to, you get a little bit of fatigue at this point. So I think these are two tracks that are going to grow on me in in later months i think these are going to be tracks you know once i'm kind of over the the album a little bit so to speak and you know the my enthusiasm for it has died down a little bit um i'll probably re-listen to it and i'll probably go straight to these tracks because they're not the ones i'm super familiar with and i like i see them in a different light later on yeah. not bad songs i feel the same as you rob i didn't have a lot to say about them because i think i was just getting a getting tired be really looking forward to the to the big epic song. Yeah, yeah. I, this, I I definitely did a few listens where I started from the middle of the album, just to kind of like just to try to like equalize. Yeah, it's it's important, and I, I try to do that too. But it's like I don't know. I find even then, for some reason, just because when you're trying to absorb a whole record, um, especially when you're, you're going to talk about it, you're trying to absorb a whole record, it can feel like. The, the human brain does funny tricks like that where it still can feel like you're like if you start if you have a workout routine and you know you 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 always do it things in a certain order if you switch it up like 
you know, your body will kind of almost trick yourself into like thinking it's like almost done, you know, and you'll kind of like feel, it'll feel weird because you've done it out of, out of order. Like you'll still kind of like your body will trick yourself into going, Oh, we're almost done. Like it'll start to like release weird endorphins and, or and things like that. Cause you're almost done the hard work. Um, I think listening to the album for me, this is the same kind of thing as I've tried that trick and it doesn't work for, for me. I still like, yeah, gotta absolutely. get a bit of fatigue when I'm there. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm on track 10, you know, and I got four more to go. Right. Yeah. So I think for me, these are going to be songs that when I go back to them, I mean, also I saw, yeah, like I said, I saw the tracks, the term, the title cyanide. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Mm. <laughs> you know? So already I like preconditioned myself to mm. be less into it, but it is a cool track. There are good hooks in it. There is another good chorus. It is a solid tune. It just, A, I'm a little tired by this point in the album. B, um, there are similar songs to this that just do it better. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was going to be my question. I'm like, like, my question would have been if this had been in the first five songs, would you have enjoyed it more? Or do you think it's just like weaker? That's an interesting question. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I would have been. Um you know, as into it, or if I would have felt that the same way about if it was changed with another song, I'm not sure. That's a good question. Yeah, this is, Jeff, you had asked if this is the one that has the little, like, neoclassical start startup, and it has, like, kind of the guitar lead, the heavy wah-soaked one, or yeah, filtered, okay. and then it kind of goes into the, has, like, a weird sort of turnaround, and then it goes the yeah that's okay that's right yeah it's coming back now yeah yeah. when the verse kicks in it's the Mm -hmm. it cuts down to just the drums and he's like give the power it's a a cool riff yeah it's a cool like kind of opening like when when it kind of goes into tempo i remember that riff now actually it's a cool riff and the the chorus is, is is pretty cool on this it's the when he's like singing about his heart yeah something like my heart something 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 i can't remember 100 percent so yeah, and it's it's got it's got some really good hooks in it. It's definitely a rocker. It's a good song. Um, but at this point, like like we've said, it's like you've been in this album for what like 40, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. know that there's a there's a there's a banger at the end that's going to be a really long twelve minute song coming here soon. So yeah, so and, you're kind of going. I just want to get to the thing. Yes. No. Are we gonna Are we gonna go by the the which track listing are we going to go by? Because my vinyl says the next song is uh, Orbit, and then my CD says the next song is Down in the Dumps. Well, let's go with Down in the Dumps. Let's do that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's talk about song titles now. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the positivity? Yeah. Well, this Down song is hilarious, dude. It, this song yeah. is really funny. I like this song. I like it, too. I, yeah, the... I love the I'm down in the dumps. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so goofy, but it's actually pretty it's actually pretty energetic. Yeah. And pretty kind of epic too. Like they they kind of dial up the keyboards a little bit. There's a bit of that kind of grandiose, like sweeping sort of thing going on. Uh this song was actually kind of like a kind of a surprise. I thought it was gonna be like another one of those sort of um like one of those goofy songs that's kind of that kind of sounds like accept a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you kind of get this like, this this like magical, this this, this magical uh, Pegasus ride instead. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Oh, dude, it is. It absolutely. Oh, you haven't had one of those? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the new term, Pegasus Rock. Yeah. Pegasus, Pegasus metal. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, the... Like McDonald's bands. Yeah. The opposite. <laughs> like until you hit the chorus like this song i feel like could have been like a keeper's b-side but the chorus kind of switched to the more chorus switches to a more like aggressive the the daris era the like uh what is it dark ride era kind of sound a little bit more aggressive riffing a little bit more aggressive vocal kind of a mixture of the old style halloween from you know the 80s and then like the 90s uh early 2000s Vibe. yeah kind of there's good. a lot of like classic halloween sweet spots on this track yeah. which is pretty great the little harmonized guitar lead part yeah yeah dude. the solo uh, section it's like nice. classic it's like they've done it like tons of times in this album we've done it tons of times in their career it always hits home it's always great yeah no man they, this, this, this is a lot of fun this is a very fun song and it just yeah it just kind of has that uplifting like like you're standing at the top of the mountain, despite yeah. the fact that we're down at the dump. You're on the edge of a cliff looking down at your Pegasus. Then yeah. you're going to ride it into the sky off into glory. Yeah, exactly. I kind of wish that like they would have had Kai Hansen do some of the like some mm-hmm. of the lines in this song because they're pretty they're pretty gritty, pretty aggressive, but I think it's still Darius for that stuff. But mm-hmm. um, interestingly enough, you know, like we're like at sort of the tail end of the album. And I think like he's done maybe one or two lead vocal parts and he's mostly contributed uh, backing vocals. And yeah. I kind of, I read a, an interview with, uh, with uh, Michael uh, Kiskia and, and he's kind of said that like, that they were, Kai was like, oh, I want to be like a lead singer, but like uh he's kind of retired more or less air quotes retired from mm-hmm. being the lead singer from gamma ray just because i think it's health related with mm-hmm. his voice he had a couple of gigs uh in like the mid 2010s where he just like simply couldn't sing and that like there was some uh gigs where uh tobias from avantasia and ed guy filled in i think and uh now gamma ray has a full-time lead vocalist um, and, mm-hmm. and Kai does do stuff, but he definitely doesn't kind of appear in full force other than like a little snippet here and there throughout the album. Yeah. And I kind of yeah. wish like this, I feel like it might've been a, a track where he could have done some lead vocals on, but mm-hmm. that's maybe my only p- real complaint about the album overall. So I just want to hear that more of those like super high screams, those yeah. aggressive screams that you he does. You want to hear one of those, all right. Yes, I want to hear all right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like this crazy, like super high, held out scream that like sounds like he's shredding his voice, which is probably why he can't do those anymore because he is shredding his voice. So one of the one of the coolest one of the coolest sections of the Pumpkins United show that we saw was probably his little. uh, They did like a like first EP in Walls of Jericho medley. Oh, sweet! They did like four or five songs, like not full songs, but like four or five songs, kind of clumped into like a like a 12 minute yeah. cluster. Yeah. Like, and yeah, it was like, like it, it was pretty wild. Like, like Kai, Kai hands and go center stage and he's just like, ah, like kid, <laughs> yeah, kids are just true. like circle pitting. Like it was, it was yeah. pretty wicked. I'm assuming yeah. ride the sky, the opening screams and stuff. Are you ready to ride the fucking sky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so, man, probably smoking on stage too. Yeah. 
Yeah, he didn't give a shit. No, he didn't. It was great. When I, when I, when I saw Gamma Ray play live, he was chewing gum the whole time. And I was like, how yeah. the hell is he singing and chewing gum? Yeah, he's always done that every time I've seen him as well. Yeah. Maybe it's nicotine gum. It probably is. Uh, I watched, I watched an interview with him and uh, it was like webcam interview from the COVID times and he's like smoking, like <laughs> it's crack, like lighting up, crack me up. But uh, yeah, this again, cool song, like the solos, like the, the chorus. Yeah. Big chorus again. Yeah. I like how, I like how, I like how silly it is, but yeah. like, 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 cause the, the lyrical theme or like the, the song title is so silly, but it makes such like a wild contrast with the actual content of the song. Yeah, absolutely. It's again, this band can get away with shit like that because they just can't. It's what they do. You know, it's they're happy Germans. They're happy. All Germans. right. So now we're getting into the now we're Orbit? Really, Are we orbiting. We're orbiting. So this is orbit is clearly like, you know, it's it's the intro into what's coming next. And it's about minute something. Yeah, like minute five uh, seconds or something like that. Minute five seconds. And this sounded like a like something that they would do like like a live lead in like oh what are they gonna do next and then they would one guy would be doing some chordal weird stuff i wasn't sure if the stuff he's playing is like a reference to something i thought it was like oh is this the what is it the that what are those alien movies or something uh close encounters of the of the third kind or whatever that mean <laughs> sorry apparently <laughs> possible yeah i don't know but it did sound familiar yeah i, yeah. I couldn't place it the, like I remember having that feeling to my I'm like, I know this melody from somewhere. And I thought maybe like, isn't, is there a movie called like Close Encounters of the Third Kind or something where yeah, it's it's a, like, I'm pretty sure it's a Spielberg movie. And then and like, there's a melody that the aliens play or they play to the aliens and the aliens respond. I was wondering if that was it, but I was lazy and didn't look it up. So I'm sure that movie. What? Two people talking at the same time? <laughs> Let's ask the guy from Agent Steel. He knows about aliens. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, it, this serves as like a, a lead-in to the next song. I feel like it's cool, yeah. but after I listened to it once, I skipped it the next time it came up. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a Spielberg film, and I I, I want to say that um, I want to say that John Williams did the score. You're probably right. So I wonder if we're I wonder if we're recognizing a John Williams theme. Yeah, it, it was it's a cool cool melody, but yeah, John Williams. Yeah, that's the. It's, I think it's one of those things that you know it, when you're when you're when you're putting it on as like a full album experience, it's really cool. But yeah, will I be spinning this a lot? No, this is not going to be added to your iTunes and correct favorite. <laughs> correct. No. This is going to be the song that they're going to play live. One of them is going to be front and center on stage with only a light on him, like probably Kai, maybe Michael, and they're going to be playing this riff and everyone's going to go ape shit because they know what's going to happen next. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is um, the centerpiece of the record. Um, Skyfall. This is the 13 minute cover of the James Bond uh, movie theme song. <laughs> it's what we've always wanted from them, yeah. you know? That's what we've all been waiting for Halloween to do all yeah. these just some Bond music. But damn, this song is, I am generally not the biggest fan of long epics. This just doesn't really suit my, my musical taste that much, but I love this song. This song mm -hmm. is incredible. Um, it starts yeah. off with a uh, kiss key vocal melody along with the guitars, um, really catchy 
some really virtuoso esque singing. Uh, it cuts right into the chorus basically, but it's just it's, yeah. The they're introducing, and that's that's the smart tactic too because yeah. they're introducing the main melody right away. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. even though it's a thirteen minute track, they're already laying down that hook for you yeah. to get you right away, um, which is really smart. Um, then you know we're off to the races as soon as that ends. You know it's more of the classic Halloween. Uh, powered speed metal. This is what got me really hyped when this single came, the single version of this came out, which is a shortened version of this, I believe. Um, right. Yeah. They trimmed it down to like seven minutes or six minutes yeah. or something like that, yeah, which they, is they, like yeah. nearly half the song, which is crazy. Yeah. So, but it, it really, I got really excited when this part came in and it was, it's your classic Halloween power speed metal. Around four minutes, we slow down to like a almost strumming section, it's ballad esque. Um, and we hear Kai Hansen take to the mic, you know, for one of the times that he's really featured vocally, which is really cool. Um, you know, after that, speed backs up, speeds back up, and you know, Andy Darris's turn, and he's he takes the mic for a while. Um, then we get a shred fest, and then it slows down to like this, like I don't know how to kind of describe it. It's almost like a marching section, a little bit. I want to. Yeah. I didn't really know how to quite describe it. Um, we get an epic long solo section. It slows back down again for like another epic outro. And my point is there's a lot going on here. It's a 13 minute song, but it's, there's lots of dynamics. There's lots of twists and turns. They do a lot of, they do a great job of telling a story, um, not only with the lyrics, but with the music and they do enough. And there's a, there's enough different parts that still flow together. Um, to hold your attention and make you want to hear what's coming next. The fact that they got me to not just like, I love this track. I'm really, <laughs> the fact that they made me like it this much. I fucking hate long song, really long song. Yeah. Like I never hear me listen to a dream theater record ever. So the fact that they got me this hooked on this song speaks volumes to how well written it is. I, I believe that this is um, a song where Kai Hansen has a bunch of the writing credits on it. I think this is his like. Oh, he, this is the main song that he wrote for the album. And yeah, I think and you that, can that you can his, hear that. Yeah, he he put. Oh, you could totally hear songs. it, dude. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's there, there are lots of parts that would not be out of place on a track from Somewhere Out in Space or yep. No World Order. Yep. Yeah. Like that. In fact, like that kind of like that sort of marching like dirgy kind of kind of section that you mentioned a little earlier there, and like that's a very kai hansen gamma ray move it's very yeah, absolutely i i don't know if they were like hey we need a really really long song to close out the album like we need to have uh you know keeper of the seven keys the song you know or uh the other super long song that they did later in their career and he just like took the reins and ran with it or if he was just like i'm gonna write stuff and he just had so many ideas and just kept building and building and building but it works it, it's executed well it sounds really cool there's there's a big journey like there's a lot of storytelling throughout the whole track um a lot you know we're seeing all different sides of halloween you're hearing some soft stuff some fast stuff some heavy stuff tons of melodic guitar work tons of melodic singing i love the outro when they're kind of doing the vocal riffing like the doisms and all the they're each kind of doing their own little part, the little ad libs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that, it has a little, little flair to it to me. So I'm interested in that thought process that you kind of went down there, Rob. I wonder if it's like, uh, 
I wonder if it's like the first song that was written for this album because I could almost see it being this song being like the catalyst to like, hey, I got this new song. It could feature all three of us. Like, why don't let's make a record, you know, after like playing this one track. But, you know, it's it would be interesting to know like where in the chronology of the existence of the band versus this album, this this song fits in. That would be really interesting to know that. Mm-hmm. There's a cool video on, I think it's on the Halloween YouTube uh, account where they're talking about like there's a, some alternate vocal mixes of this song that I don't know if we'll ever hear but I think that unless I misunderstood them I think that each of the singers did like the entire song well I oh. think and then they just kind of captured the different parts shows who did what the best or just yeah picked what fit the parts yeah. and they definitely you know Kai's voice is great for that sort of low key the strumming part and then he, at the end, when they're doing that, the vocal ad libs or whatever, he kind of comes in and does some stuff for that too. And it, it's his voice is always like really impactful when it just comes in in the middle of a song. Like I always liked in Valhalla by Blind Guardian when he just comes in. I don't know. So many centuries. It's so cool. Yeah, man. but it's way cooler than sounding than that. Same in like like those old Avantasia records too. He yep. comes in and he's, he he cuts some some deadly uh, some deadly lines. Yeah, and he, his character it's really funny because isn't his character supposed to be like a dwarf or something like that? <laughs> and he sounds like that's what he sounds like. I don't know. Kinda, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this song's great. Like mm-hmm. I don't, like it's 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 awesome that it's so long, but it also kind of sucks because you're like ah like I got to commit. You have to commit yeah, to this. You got to commit to this song. Like you're, yeah. you're driving to your next location. You pull up. You're at like three minutes in. You're like, well, s- sitting in the car for another nine minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I have that. I have a completionist like that too. If I pull up, I gotta finish the song I'm listening to. Yeah, and, I'll do that sometimes as and well. I'll say this too: if if any of the listeners of the podcast haven't watched the music video for this song, the music video is 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 great, funny but also like tongue in cheek funny, but there's also some like really cool stuff in it. And I really like how Andy Darris is like basically Iron Man in, in the music video. He's, he's like flying around in like a suit of armor and like, he's even doing some Iron Man type poses and stuff. So um, I actually have not seen the video, so I will check it out. Oh, it's, 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 a, it's a good, yeah. you should I've check seen it out. the thumbnail, which looks hilarious. There's my favorite is the clip or I think it's the screenshot I sent you, Darren, uh, via text message that maybe I didn't send it to you, but it was like it's like Andy Darris detected, <laughs> Michael Kiske yeah, yeah, detected, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then at one part it's like Kai Henson detected when they're doing their vocals and stuff. I don't know. It's 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 super silly but also cool. It's um, mostly yeah. CG though, so but which is yeah. still fine, but for sure. But yeah, I, I mean this long distance video. If you, if you like, if a lot of the, a lot of people love these epic songs. This is the best one I've heard in a long time. So <clears throat> I give it up to these is, guys. Super ambitious. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. This, this is like almost like an instruction manual on how to write a fucking cool long ass song. Straight up. Absolutely. Like it's just, you, you really have, it, it, ta- and it takes a lot. You, you gotta, you almost kind of gotta like just know where, where it's going to wind up. Mm-hmm. I really hope so. You, to, oops. Sorry. So go ahead. I was gonna say I really hope that other Euro power metal bands hear this album and are like, oh fuck. Like, <laughs> we gotta we gotta step it up. Cause like to me, they like, do. The, like, they do. They do oh, have to step it up. I'm not, I'm not gonna get negative, but I, I feel like a lot of these bands that have been around for like, you know, like 15, 20 plus years that are in that Euro power metal style, 
um, they they're kind of churning out some I don't want to say some stinkers, but some some kind of <laughs> like pretty mediocre albums. And they're resting one, on their laurels. I mean, I love yes. I love Hammerfall to death, but I haven't given a damn about anything they've written in a long time. You know, and, and honestly, Halloween could have they could have approached this and they could have done that. They could have just phoned it in, wrote a couple, wrote like you know eight songs, you know had michael on one andy at another kai on another and then just repeated that process for an entire album released it everyone would have loved it but like we all would have been like oh okay cool uh let's go back to listening to keepers or time of the oath or whatever but yeah at a reason the tour yeah they popped this out that all the songs are quality uh you know there's a little bit like kind of in that sort of tail end like we had with i think cyanide and Robot King, where it's a little bit of a lull, but I, I could also see some people hearing those tracks and loving them too. And yeah. I think that they've definitely pushed the envelope for for what is expected. They didn't just phone it in; that they, they killed it for this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And then it's not to say that it's like the best album ever made, and it's their best album, but it's a damn good album for a band that's like what, like over thirty years old. No, and yeah, and that's where I came from. You know, I like I think I was telling you guys off. Beforehand, you know, a lot of people when this came out were really hyped on this record. Like they were saying, it's the best heavy metal record since Brave New World in 2000. And I was like, well, all right. Well, now my expectations are up. Mm-hmm. And I heard it and I was like, that ain't true. But, you know, when I kind of got over that and listened to it, I'm like, I, I think it's the best Halloween album since Dark Ride. Yep. You know, I, I mean, think- I'm so sorry. I was gonna say, I'm, I'm definitely like honeymooning on it right now but i mean i would probably like i'm willing to put this in my top five halloween records I'm with you. absolutely absolutely and for them to be able to do this at this stage of their career is not only short or remarkable yeah definitely yeah. like and and you know we all know like s- singing uh well i'm not a singer myself but you know you you hit a certain age and you, these guys aren't singing like low-keyed easy lounge singing they're really going balls out for a lot of these parts are hitting high notes they're hitting gritty stuff and they're still doing it at their age. It's pretty impressive. Um, and honestly, like Michael's voice uh, for some of the stuff on Unisonic, I wasn't super keen on, to be honest, um, in his solo album release stuff. I, I didn't really care for it as much. And on it, and I felt that he I don't know if he just dialed it in or if they really in the studio really worked with him and got him achieving those parts that kind of, you're like, Oh wow. That he's, he doesn't sound people, a bunch of the reviews I've heard people are saying, Oh, he sounds exactly like keepers out era. And you know, he doesn't sound like that at all. In my opinion, he just sounds damn good. His voice sounds really refined. He's not doing a lot of those silly, like super out of control vibrato, uh, like the old church singer vibrato stuff. He, it, it's done really well and really professionally. And obviously, like we've said like multiple times, they spent a lot of time and money on the album and it shows. Yeah. So yeah. It's also like, well, I think what you said there about Michael's voice, I think the Halloween stuff and the, the style they write, especially like if you have Kai Hansen writing the songs, just really compliments him. And that's Definitely. possibly a big reason why when he goes out of this band, you know, he's not... I agree with you. I don't dig his his work as much outside of this band. Um, but that could just be that, you know, this style of music fits him. This style of writing 
lends itself to his pipes and he can he knows how to craft melodies and he knows how to use his voice around that the best and yeah. you know he he's in he's in that situation again and i think that's could be a big reason why he's just shining and Darius yeah. as well sounds awesome throughout the entire album. Like I, I'm not the best, I'm not the biggest Darius fan, and he sounds great throughout this entire album. So, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, um, I, I am a pretty big Darius fan. I mean, he's a very, he's a very different singer than uh, than Kiske. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, Kiske's got like you know just like that soaring, like angelic, squeaky clean, like. Mm-hmm. You know, like a little, like a little bit of Jeff Tatey kind of, kind of thing going on, and then yeah, Darius is just like to, to me, he's just like a, a total like character to me. I mean, he very much plays a plays a character in the band. But, yeah, um, yeah, lo- love the way that they that they play off each other. <laughs> love the way they kind of interweave everything, and they they really like play to their strengths and they elevate each other. I think they the the song the tracks are arranged in a way that makes the singers all shine in their own unique ways so yeah and that's that takes a lot of not just like talent and hard work but also a lot of maturity as well i think and i think in general too the the entire album is pretty vocal forward um yeah. obviously the, the songs are there but the, the vocals are definitely like put on a pedestal throughout the entire album um yeah. and they're made the focus um so yeah and i agree i agree with, i agree with you guys um i'm also a big andy darris fan so i was happy to see um him featured and hold his whole court on this album like i said you know i think a lot of people kind of malign him a little bit because he's the guy they heard growing up and he's probably i mean not probably like if you go from like a technical standpoint he's not quite as skilled as kiske as far as like the operatic stuff the big soaring epic stuff but like jeff said he's a character he's very unique he's got his own style he's he's definitely more he's definitely a very original sounding singer when he starts singing you know it's him and i remember we saw i remember i think jeff was the only guy as excited as me as when they played uh soul survivor it's like we both just lost our shit yeah like anybody else really cared that much but i i was super super happy they played that yeah, man, dude, I love a lot of those tracks from like from Master of the Rings, Oath, and Better Than Raw and stuff like that. Like, like We Burn too. We Burn is Formentor. so good. Like, I love those so tracks. Good. They're just they're said they're, they're total bangers. And oh man, like they're just they're they're, they're great tracks. And uh, yeah, Dark Ride was my introduction to to Halloween. Oh wow, that that was that that was the first record I heard again. Just like trying to trying to just scrounge up whatever I could from like. A shitty dial-up internet back in the day. <laughs> Actually, you know, you know how I heard of Halloween is uh, another um, podcast alumnus, uh, Jesse Valstar. Uh, good old Jesse. Yeah, Jesse Valstar. So, uh, just to, to go, if I may, go off on a small tangent here. Uh, Jesse's the guy who got me into metal. Actually, is uh, we went to high school together, and uh, he would he was like he was always like a cool dude, even like. We also went to elementary school together as well, but we didn't really know each other. But even back then, he was like a cool rocker kid. He, 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 was, like, he was like seven years old and had like long hair and wore like camo shorts everywhere. He <laughs> 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 was just Jesse Valser. I Valster. can see that. He was so Jesse Valser at seven years old. And like, and, and he, like through high school, he had this, just this like the longest blonde hair ever. And he, always, he came into school and he would be wearing like tight metal shirts. Like you, like, 
whether it was like made like he'd be wearing like maiden one day then cannibal corpse one day and he wore a halloween shirt to school a couple times and like he wore like a blind guardian shirt and i'm like okay like i gotta hear this music like this is like i saw like the blind guardian shirt the dragons fighting on it i'm like okay this is music i need to hear and yeah and then i saw him with a halloween shirt i'm like well jesse likes this i'll probably like this too and i just kind of like went to like looking for it and yeah okay i came out with uh came out with the dark ride and i was in sick nice now that there's a good guy man well oh he's the only one to step on somebody's toe on the podcast so far too which is (laughs) a classic moment Um, that rocks man he's good people like the videos aren't up yet and i'm one day i'm gonna like start putting some of these clips up but when that happened i had to leave the room and he put a sign on his chair that said like be right back (laughs) he was gone and then we heard Yeah, did he have his Bluetooth in or something like that? Yeah, he had his Bluetooth headphones on, and so he didn't realize his mic was live. So he went to the room, and he stepped on his wife's toe, and she was like, ah, you idiot! And it just came through the headphones super loud. That's the funniest <laughs> shit. That's great. It was, it was incredible. Then he came back, and he explained it to us. It was, oh, man. That's so funny. Cool. There's never a dull moment around that character. He's the only guy that can, like, completely quit drinking. And yeah still be like the biggest character in the fucking room he and i went to valken together as a graduation trip he told me that you were the only reason he survived that trip <laughs> <laughs> man the the best thing about going to valken was getting back from valken and then over like the next couple of years going to shows and concerts and running into random people that we also just met at valken and being like oh man you're that dude from valken oh jeff right Hey, so how's drunk guy? <laughs> <laughs> what what year did you guys go? Uh, two thousand and eight. We saw Avantasia. You were nice. two thousand. Was that the two thousand eight? Was when Iron Maiden headlined one day, right? They did. Yeah, that's really yeah. funny because we I was there too for that one. For real? Yeah. Oh no shit! See, there you yeah. go. Maybe Everyone he saw there. a drunk guy too. Yeah, you probably did. You probably ran into Jesse. And you're like this fucking idiot. Like. <laughs> <laughs> He was, uh, oh man, he was so like out of control. Were you guys camped pretty close to the the site? No, we were kind of out. We, we were sort of out in the fields a little bit. It was like a 20, 20 minute walk to the stage okay. area from where yeah. we were. But uh, we were back and forth a lot. And I just remember we, when I was uh, one of the times when I was walking from my campsite to the to the actual festival area, there was some dude that like was like having trouble his legs were having trouble working and he was like crawling through mud <laughs> to get to like back to his tent. Yeah. It's and then like, shit. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I wonder if that was, I wonder if that was Jeff's friend. No. <laughs> Might have been. That's so funny, dude. There was, um, was <clears throat> yeah. Je- I mean, like Jesse never had like a physical problem. He was just waste. He was just so wasted. And like he would just, and he's the kind of guy, he's like so charismatic. He can just like run, like walk through a crowd of like tens of thousands of people and just get people to flock to him and like follow him around, just yelling, like whatever. Like he'll just yell something and then like this crowd of people will just be like behind him chanting this thing. He's just one of those dudes, you know? And uh, what our, 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 there was three of us who went. It was Je- my, uh, myself, Jesse, and then our, our other good friend, uh, Jordan. Um, who lives in Edmonton and he's not really like in the in the scene at all but uh he he had a problem though he had a, he had like an like a a dehydration issue where he woke up and he like he woke up from like an afternoon math and like couldn't move and we had to get the paramedics over to like help him out 
and stuff like that. That's it, was rough. A little, it was a little, it was a little, it was a little wacky. Yeah. Uh, the one of the one of the coolest things about that trip though is I sat next to Andre Matos on a plane. Oh, that's wow, sick. that's sick. Rest that's in peace. Cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was a really spe- that that was like the, that was the moment where like because the it, the plane was on the the plane was going from Frankfurt to Hamburg, and then from Hamburg you catch the bus to uh, Wacken and so on and so uh and it's like an hour-long flight and we're, we're on this plane there's like some metalheads scattered around the flight and one dude comes in and he's like yeah like long hair like long black hair and like aviators and we're like oh you're going to Vok and he like sits down next to me and we're chatting we're chatting and he says he's from brazil and then after a little while we're, we're talking about the festival and we're like yeah so what band are you waiting to see and he's like oh i'm actually singing in a band and he says he's singing in avantage and i'm like Oh, and I'm like, I, I like start putting two to two together. Like, oh, he says he's from Brazil. He's singing Avantage. I'm like, you, you must be Andre Matos. And he was like, he was like overjoyed. Like, cause he's like, I've never even been to Canada. Like, I can't believe that the Canadians <laughs> like know who I am. And that was like the moment where it hit me. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to this crazy festival with like a hundred thousand people. And there's like a mil- a bajillion bands on it. It was just like one yeah. of those like magical things. And he did a little photo op with us and gave us a bunch of merch and stuff after the flight. The crazy awesome. thing about that's an awesome story, especially now too, with him having passed uh, at this point, I think it's like, what, like three or two or three years ago or something. Yeah, like it was that. a couple years back. Um, but that's the crazy thing about like those huge festivals like Vakken is where you show up and you, you look at like the bills and you're just like, I have to pick and choose what I want to see because bands that I, there's like two bands I want to see at the same time. And they're, you can't see both. You have, and it takes like, at least like 20 30 minutes to get from one stage to the other just simply because there's so many damn people yeah it's, it's so. so big too just like the grounds and everything mm-hmm. yeah it was cool though like saw some saw some really awesome performances i mean obviously avantage was a highlight the maiden show was phenomenal um i also like that was also kind of the time to see like sabaton and powerwolf as well mm-hmm. like that was before they got like really really big and they were kind of like doing some some of their cooler material yeah, I think um, who else for Sabaton played? didn't was it Art of War had either just come out or was yeah about just to come, come out. out yeah and yeah, yeah so I remember them playing that was <clears throat> saw that Mercenary was from Denmark too that was yep. really cool saw saw a rough Camelot set oh man that was that a was really a rough one. one yeah uh, Roy Khan sounded terrible he was having a he was his face was purple yeah he was, he was having pretty, a bad time he was pretty sick I think I think so yeah must he must have been like he just looked like he was dying yeah the first i think three times i saw camelot twice in the states and once there he was he was either sick or just like having some sort of health issue where he was just struggling to sing and i was like man and then i saw them uh one last time and he was on point i was like oh okay good he can yeah it must have just been a yeah just bad timing or something and then the other cool thing that we actually this uh shortly after the valken trip we we um headed over to uh to the uk and we went to bloodstock a week oh, later sweet and at bloodstock that year we, i saw halloween for the first time there and uh saw iced earth for the first time nice <laughs> when, when they got back together with uh Hello? what's his name baldy barlow yeah barlow yeah it was like there it was like barlow's like first couple shows back yeah i saw that tour too it was great yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, like, you know, all things aside, it was a very special, very special No, show. I mean, like, you can't take anything away from, like, the fact that I loved that band growing up and that I still, you know, those songs are great. It's just, you know, one of the guys happens to be a dickhead. 
Yeah, royal, royal jackass. But um, yeah. yeah, we saw some other cool shit though, like Praying Mantis played uh, played Bloodstock that year. Uh, Saint Damon was was very cool. Um, yeah, but a bunch of the a bunch of those like this is also kind of when like the folk metal thing was starting to blow up a pick bit. up steam. It was like it hadn't quite like it was just getting making waves in the underground in North America. So like we saw Enciferum, we saw Tear, we saw Moon Sorrow, we saw Elvetti. Like again, like when those bands were cutting edge. Yeah, before it got po- before the market got polluted with that shit. Yeah, it was it was like a very it was a very cool time again. Like it felt like we were we were seeing like the most cutting edge bands. Dude, I loved it. I loved folk metal when it came out. Like when I first heard Corpaclani, I was like, this is some of the most fun shit I've ever fucking heard. You know, it's yeah, man. It's super fun. And yeah, yeah. Except for him and Tear and everybody, you know, when that stuff was brand new, it was like, it was pretty exciting. And then unfortunately yeah. for me, it just like got a little, a little too oompa for me. A little yeah, too there was like, a little, oh, way geez. too many Oompa Loompa bands that came out. And we're like, beer, yeah. beer, 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 you know, yeah. it was like. It become very, pla- it became very like plastic sword. Yeah. Correct. You know? That's yeah. a great way. It, it went from like. And, and those original guys that do it, they were pulling it from like their own heritage. You know, it's like it was like Finnish folk, like Finn Trolls, like using Finnish folk music. They're fucking Finnish. You know, it's yeah. like when there's a folk metal band playing with Finnish folk music from like you know, Kamloops, British Columbia. It's <laughs> it doesn't come across quite as authentic. You know, you have yeah. a Hungarian folk band from Spokane, Washington. You're kind of like, what? Like, yeah, yeah, it gets a little. Because and, and the, the, it's a, it's a shame too because a lot of the bands who start off sounding very authentic and like like they're pulling from something very real, they start to just kind of they they, they just kind of start to um, phone uh, you know we've, we've used used this term a few times they start to phone it in they get kind of generic they, instead of like kind of writing like kind of drawing in like like interesting influence from like obscure stories or like meaningful parts of the heritage they kind of just lean into like the oh yeah. we're gonna go run and kill the bad guys with the sword because that's cool for odin and they, <laughs> get lumped in, they, they get lumped in with all the fucking plastic sword buttholes too you know yeah it's it sucks because like in. a band like tear for example like those first two were actually three tier albums are like really unique and special they are and then they kind of just became like a generic power metal band after that yeah i don't know yeah, okay. with that um, anyway, uh, speaking of choosing bands, um, we're, yes. you know, well, first of all, I guess we should wrap up the Halloween stuff. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Halloween. Oh, uh, yeah. real, before yeah. we exit the the bonus tracks, you want to touch on those like a little bit? Four or five or something like that. Um, yeah. I, so there I was what? There was Golden Times? Yep. Yeah. Golden, and Save Golden My Times, Hide. Golden Times should have been on the album, I feel. Yeah, I agree. That's a That's a super fun song. Great riffs. I like the harmonics in the riff. I thought that was like kind of Primal Fear esque with all those yeah. squeals. Very and cool shit opening riff. riff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, it was. And, yeah, and it was. It's, it's again. We're you know we're it, we're back to Halloween style power metal, but it, that song fucking rules. Absolutely, it could have. It should have been where Cyanide is, in my opinion. I'm wondering yeah. if that got that got cut just because of the similarity. They were like, oh, we can't have Golden Times and Best Times. On the maybe. same album, I think they could have. Maybe it, it's it might be my favorite opening guitar riff. Yeah, on the album. I could see that. It's a good, like just it's in a good terms song, of like the, like the first thing that the guitar plays. 
this might be my this might that might be my favorite one yeah yeah it, it, it kicks ass so that's a that's great one what else was there save my hide <laughs> that's a that's a silly song it's the one with like the music box intro right yes i think it sounded yeah. like a music box to me it was like doo, 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 doo. yes it is yeah yeah it's like a toy piano or something yeah i i, I don't remember too much about that one or like a little toy piano kind of thing but that's a weird that's a weird one it's like it's almost like a funky song a little bit like it's almost like it has a fucking funk yeah it's kind of it's like a mid-tempo like bordering on slow almost dun, 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 dun. kind of like that you know as as bonus tracks these songs serve the purpose they're nice little bonuses they nice little bonuses a little something little like bo- for you little bonus. you know it's, it's not just a clever name you know there are times when bands do the opposite where there's and i've harped about it on this podcast before where there's a song that comes on. I'm like, you know, if this was a bonus track, I'd be like, that's cool, but mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be on the record. So that's probably the case here, but I do agree that golden time should have been on the album. I agree with Rob's assessment of that. Yeah. I, I would have been willing to swap that out with, yeah, yeah, probably yeah, cyanide or something. Yeah. Are there any other ones or am I, or is that it? There's two other ones that are in like the Japanese version or something like that, which oh. is, yeah, is I haven't pump- heard those. Pumpkins United, they're on. You can uh, check them out on YouTube. Oh, Pumpkins! Pumpkins United is one of them. Yeah, Pumpkins United oh, is one okay. of them, and that one's like a very sort of self-referencing lyrics, yeah. all about like including prior songs. We're together again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, they're talking yeah. about. It's like almost like a self-referential in like a man of war style way, like like Blood of the Kings or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like in that vein, and there's a lot. A lot of vocal trade-offs. Different. All all three guys are singing a lot more on that one. It's a cool song. Yeah. Okay. I think that, that, that's the one that they did to promote the tour. I believe yes. That's because the because they, they, they wrote that like way before this album. Yeah, I think that was the first thing they wrote as a group all together. Well, cool to use it, make it as a bonus track. It fits. Yeah. yeah. In fact, they played that at the show that we saw, Darren. Yep, they did. I remember that. And then the last one was I think it's We Are Real. I think is the name of it. I don't think um, I heard that one. I haven't heard it. It was of of the four that wasn't something I I wasn't super keen on it, but um, it's a very cheeky, silly German humor that like we've seen from Halloween in the past. Um, okay, but it's it's, it's a perfectly serviceable song. And again, like you said, it's it's a bonus track, so yeah. cool. You know, th- thanks for the little extra, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I mean, overall, like just to kind of you know put a bow on it. I mean. I'm giving this album my full thumbs up, my full endorsement. If there's a oh, yeah. album that I hear this year, I'll be shocked. Um, it's like like Jeff said, I would put it in my top five Halloween albums for sure. It's a pretty much a masterpiece. It's I'm, I, I'm, I had a hard time finding any flaws in it, and um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm going to be listening to it a lot for the rest of the year. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be in my albums of the year list. Uh, so. Yeah, heard it. What the hell are you waiting for? Yeah, I, I pre-ordered the CD. Uh, I got the CD a couple days after release. Um, and after I'd listened to the album, like I think once or twice, or maybe three times, I pre-ordered the vinyl as well, and I yeah. got both. And I'm perfectly a, happy recommending it. It's a great album. Yeah, I I, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed um, listening to this album and 
went in with very few expectations on it and came out like super, super hooked on it. And uh, I think they absolutely knocked it out of the park. And I'm with, I'm with you, Darren. If I, I, I kind of doubt that I'm going to hear a record this, that comes out this year that um, knocks me off my feet the way that uh, this one did. The super. I hope I do. I, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I would, would love, love, yeah, I'd love, I would that, love it. If, I, I, yeah. I would love for that to happen, but, but for, to hear, to hear this one and the, and the new flotsam, in the last couple of weeks, cool. be pretty happy, like pretty happy guy over the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. feel good. I feel good. Having you guys here to do it. Cause you know, I, you know, Rob's into agent steel. So, it, but still we had to listen to that and I made <laughs> fucking accept record. Yeah. I'm sorry. I listened to that. I listened to that review too. It was a lot of, it was a lot of fun actually. It was a fun. Yeah. Movie. And then I, I made, you guys are very nice. I thought we were, I and mean, then I made Jeff listen to that fucking accept record. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, so like, you, tough. there's two ways to approach this stuff is like, you could just completely tear it down and just crap on, on it. And I, you, you touched on this Darren, I think a couple, a uh, couple podcasts ago where, you know, you could just come on here and you could rip something to shreds and crap all over it. But like, why do that? Like, it's why not? Like, why not give some like constructive feedback? And if you just like crap on something the whole time, <laughs> no one's going to know what you're what it sounds like and i felt like i felt like with the agent steel we did a pretty good job of sort of here are the good stuff here's the not so good stuff and here's where it could improve and i felt like the accept review too was was in the same vein where you guys were like here's the good parts of it here's the bad parts you know let, let less dad angry them kids in that internet so get off your phone yeah <laughs> I would love to hear Accept's NFT song, though. I'll say that much. Well, yeah. If they write a song called NFT, like about yeah. about NFTs, that's oh, a song be I would lovely. To. Was, what be did wonderful. I say? It was NFT? No, no fucking technology or something no like that. <laughs> no fucking thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on from Halloween, we're gonna get into our our, our picks of the week, and uh, I'm gonna let Jeff go first here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll go first, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, let Rob go first. Yeah, yeah, I'll go first. Um, So my pick of the week is another German heavy metal power metal band, uh, Grave Digger. And this is their 1999 release, Excalibur, or Excalibu, if you've uh, listened to the album, as he (laughs) missays the name of the the sword. Um, This this band is uh, just another classic heavy metal power metal band. Uh, from Germany that's been around since the early 80s. They've got a ridiculous amount of albums, like maybe 20 albums. Like their Metal Archives page is pretty lengthy. Um, And this is kind of from the the middle era of the band in the, this album specifically is from 1999. And they did a three album trilogy called, I think, after they had made it, they called it the Middle Ages Trilogy. And all the songs in this album are kind of about the Arthurian legends. So we have songs like Pendragon, Excalibur, The Round Table, Morgan Le Fay, Lancelot. You know, just it's, it's just straight up cheesy stuff. Um, and uh, for me, this is kind of... We, we've talked a lot about today about Halloween and it being this like majestic uplifting power metal. And this is kind of a, 
more gritty, like aggressive, very, very guitar driven uh, album and in, in band in general, where, you know, it's, it's all about, whereas Halloween has all these layers with layered vocals and, and synthesizers and, and keyboards. And this is just very raw and sure there are some keyboards, stuff, but guitar driven, you know, nonstop double bass, the vocals are very, uh, I, I feel like they're more in the Andy Darris realm. There's not any soaring, uh, flowery singing in this. It's very aggressive uh, German, or I, what did you say? Teutonic, Jeff, I believe is the term yes. you used. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the scientific term. Yes, like Udo style, gritty, gravelly vocals. And um, I got introduced, the funny story about this band is I got introduced with, to them uh, in 1999, late 1999, and uh, uh, we've talked about Ice Earth before. Uh, we uh, they had posted some stuff on one of the metal news websites that Ice Earth and Blind Guardian were collaborating with this new project called Demons and Wizards, and here are two sample clips, and the two sample clips were of like Heaven Denies and another song, and me being on the internet, on dial-up, I go immediately to like Napster or LimeWire or whatever, and I start frantically searching for more Demons and Wizards songs, and I find new Demons and Wizards track in full, and I immediately download it, <laughs> and I'm like, amazing, and I'm just over the moon, and I listen to it, and I'm like, this doesn't sound anything like Hanzi at all. It's so gritty, <laughs> and it's Excalibur, which is kind of the signature track from this album. Um, yeah. And just, yeah, it was, I've kind of been hooked on them ever since. Uh, it's definitely like a acquired taste, but I think it's worth checking out if you want a little bit more aggressive uh, guitar-driven uh, power metal. It's a like a four-piece band. And uh, this album, I think, specifically has uh, Jens Becker from uh, Running Wild on bass, and he's joined the band around this era, and he kind of is still in the band, I believe, right now. Um, but it's good quality stuff. Um, if you've listened to my band, Skeletor, that I play in, uh, well, not my band, uh, the band I play in, Skeletor, uh, I, we definitely draw a lot of influence from Gravedigger uh, in the riff department and some in the vocal department as well. And um, yeah, fun times. Very cheesy album, but very enjoyable. The My favorite tracks are probably, oh, Pen Dragon, which is just a burner all throughout. Um, and then there's a couple songs towards the tail end. Mordred Song and The Final War both are very catchy, aggressive uh, power metal tracks. So well, there was a there's a there's a saying in Skeletor, like we're gonna do the gravedigger vocals now. Oh yeah, the the, the both and thal vocals. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I can't yeah. even do it. It's just like <laughs> yeah, to the, me the, when the he Sword of the King. Now there was a there was a saying recording Skeletor songs where when I was in the band it would be like okay time to do the Gravedigger vocals. Yeah, when when we recorded Cyber Metal, there's a couple. Uh, our most recent album when we recorded mm. Cyber Metal in Canada, I think like the last the last vocal day with Matt Roach with Matt Roach. Uh, it was like okay we're gonna do Gravedigger vocals and like Jason does these more gruff vocals and 
kind of like basically did that for like an hour and was like, I'm done for the day. Can't do any more. <laughs> shout out to Matt Roach too. I don't know if he listens to this podcast, but he smokes enough weed that he could put up with three hours of us talking. So Roach, I bro. love Matt Roach. Don't do man. Everybody don't loves clear Matt your throat. He's a gem. Don't he is, he's throat. A, he is yeah, like, you know, Matt is like, he, he, he loves music for music's sake. And he's a, he's a super fun guy to hang out with. He's a talented producer. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. We've all worked with him, actually. We yeah. have. Yeah. Yes. At Rain City Records. Yeah. Recorders yeah. or records? Recorders, yeah. Recorders. Recorders. Look up Matt Roach, and if you're in Canada or in the Pacific Northwest, you can go to him for some sweet sounds for your album. Yeah. Sweet, sweet he's sounds. He's been firing in all cylinders. Uh, record. He's been recording lots of different kinds of artists over the, the pandemic era. A lot of it, that's, it's been a busy studio in there, so, and he's, uh, he's been doing some fine work. And uh, for, for those who are curious, um, he recorded the Gatekeeper EP, Grey Maiden. Um, yes. He produced and engineered that. Which I don't, I don't know, man. I, I love that, dude. I, I, that was my pick of the week one, one week. Wow. And I, I fucking, Thanks, I, really, I really dig that EP. I think it sounds fucking awesome. Oh, that's mighty. That's very sweet of you. Thank so, Jeff, I think it's your turn. And you, you picked out, uh, what is it? Black, I, black Light Bacchanalia or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. My, the, 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 only, the, the, the best version of Steel album. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I genuinely, it. I was like, I'm, 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 I thought about bringing Virgin Steel just for you, Jeff. I would have brought, Noble, I would have brought Noble Savage though. Dude, I met someone at the bar with a Virgin. I met this lady at the bar with a Virgin Steel shirt on the other fucking week. Did you That's, marry her? It was, it was like a genuine fan. Wait, like, what, what, what era though? What era shirt? House of Atreus. Oh, okay, that that's a good album. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my favorite. Voodoo anthems. We would have, you know, we have a problem. We, we should do. We should do that album, actually. <laughs> there's uh, okay. a lot that could be said. That would be fun. Um, I, I be remember like... at one point, like, there's also like a, a really fun, a really fun thing if you got nothing to do for an hour and just want to be both um, humored and perplexed and just completely confused by everything that's happening in front of you. There is like a like a documentary to go that goes with that album on the virgin steel youtube page. i have watched it it is fantastic it's wonderful it, or yes, it is if, wonderful. if you have like two hours you could not do that and instead <laughs> listen to like house of atreides act one and act two or marriage of heaven and hell part one part two or noble savage like three times the Noble Savage is great but honestly like this documentary is totally worth it it is fucking entertaining it's yeah, it's 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 wild. It's absolutely unhinged, completely schizophrenic. And is it some kind of monster status? It, no, 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 no. Okay, it's not that it's, funny. Yeah. <laughs> Incidentally, I did take a whole bunch of animals and watch that last weekend, and that is a fun time. Some kind it's of my monster? favorite movie. <laughs> I watched it. it is. Some kind of monster is my favorite piece of cinema. I just my sorry. I know that we're just about to get in your pick, Jeff, but I just love the scene, and there's two scenes I love. One is the scene where uh, Lar or uh, James is teaching Kirk the really crappy like riff, yeah. and yeah. Kirk just can't get it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, he's doing sixteenths, and James yeah. is doing triplets, and, and yeah. it's just like the worst. It's just terrible. It's a yeah. terrible riff, it's and they're making this guy learn this terrible riff, and he's struggling so badly for this <laughs> shitty, shitty riff. That. And like Lars is just like, oh, 
he has his head like, in his hands and he's like messing his face up. And Kirk's like, ah, it's not the, it's not the, it's the stuff in between, it's the notes in between that I'm having trouble with. And you're just <laughs> like, oh God, why are you guys wasting your time on this? And then yeah. the other sequence too is when Lars's dad is in the, sh- the studio. Delete oh, that. He shows them, uh, he shows, they get shown the parts and he's like, if you, if I was a music reviewer and you were asking me what to do, I would tell you, delete that and, <laughs> and just to ha- yeah delete that immediately like but the and- funniest thing was that was like the best that, 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 that thing sounded better than anything that wound up on the fucking record oh but like whole, yeah pretty like, brutal man it's like, just a fiasco yeah it's yeah. a great look into like so we've talked earlier about how hello this halloween album sound it just sounds like a bunch of dudes having a great time and they're making a killer album yeah this is some kind of monster is the exact opposite where it's just like it's being drug out of these rockers that are kind of like past their prime. Dude, you know what we should do as a fucking for the podcast one week? We should mystery science three thousand that fucking movie. That would be a lot of fun. I would, yeah. <laughs> I would Just love that. Watch it and do com- do commentary mm-hmm. over it. We yeah, it's 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 a it's a truly beautiful picture, you know. All right, I think well, I, that, that's on tap in the future. Nice. Bonus episode, you could everyone can just watch it and then yeah, review it. <laughs> It'll happen. We'll do commentary right. track. Without further ado, Mr. Jeff Black, what do you have for us? Okay, so I, I, what I've actually got is uh, Riot, Privilege of Power. Nice. So, Hell yeah. Now, um, I love Riot. Riot are one of my favorite bands. Sometimes I forget it. Sometimes I forget that fact, but it's a fact. And they're one of my favorite bands and a massive in- inspiration for um, a lot of my solo material that I, uh, that I write and uh, record and things like that. And I, uh, I love most because Riot has a few, has a handful of very distinct eras, like a lot of longtime bands. And I'm kind of a fan of all of them. They've had a, a, sh- a schwack of different singers and a lot of personnel changes and stylistic adjustments and things like that. But um, I think that it's all pretty quality material. Um, for it, it, it's it's all like it spans the, the range of good to absolutely fucking phenomenal, like A plus S tier kind of stuff. And one of those A plus S tier albums is Privilege of Power. And this album sometimes gets a little bit overlooked or completely ignored because this is the album that came after Thundersteel. And that's where, and that's where people fuck up because this album is better than Thundersteel. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. takes. Yeah, this uh, this album is better than Thundersteel. It is Thundersteel is no Thundersteel is an excellent album, and it's one of those records that anyone like every every metal fan should listen to. You know, it's like, you know, it, it it's like if that album was just produced a little bit more punchy, it would have been like Painkiller. You know, it was like it was competitive, right? And you know, they and then Riot were on. Um, I'm not sure if they were on Epic Records for Thundersteel, but they were on Epic Records, so a big label for Privilege of Power. And this definitely sounds like an amped up production by comparison. It's a very ambitious record. It's an hour long. It's a long one, and there are lots of um, these interludes, like kind of like Nightfall in Middle Earth style, except not fantasy but they're just lots of these kind of like very like creepy like news clips that are kind of spliced together and it's you know it's it's kind of like almost like a 
they, you know, it's a, it's like they they really try to string it together like a concept album, like like the wall or something, right? But um, it is chock full of absolute ragers, just some of the fastest, coolest, um, most technically proficient speed power metal um, that's ever been committed to wax. And they also took some big risks with this album. Like there's like a there's like a full like twelve piece horn section that adorns a bunch of the songs, not all of them, but like half of them. And then plus all the interludes and things like that. And it's the same lineup that appeared on Thundersteel. So it's the same guys, same, the same dude. So we got uh, the, um, the late Mark Rialli, um, who's kind of like the founding guitarist and the only consistent member through all the releases. Um, Bobby Jarzombek, the legendary drummer uh, behind the kid. So on this good, one. Dude. Yeah. He's so good. one of the best, you know? And yeah, he was the drummer during the Thundersteel era, and then Tony Moore on vocals, um, who just appeared on like the on, on those two records before they kind of did the Thundersteel reunion thing, twenty years later. Uh, but yeah, Tony Moore, a, a very very fine, high pitched, Halford esque type uh, type whaler, and uh, then uh, Don uh, Don Van Stavern on bass, who's been a longtime member of the band. Um, he's kind of got in there in like the mid eighties, I think. Um, so those are that's kind of the core of the band on this. Um, there's some incredible, some incredible riffs, um, some absolutely manic drumming, and also some just really awesome, catchy sing along moments. Like not just like in the speed metal sense, but there's like a handful of, um, kind of uh, you know like like arena style songs on here, like uh, like Runaway. Um, is like you oh, know if, if, you, if you yeah if you softened it up you know you, yeah. Bon Jovi could have sang it right and Marianne's another cool one right it's a great it's a great tune um, and then some of the, some of the ragers like on your knees is a super cool dance of death like oh my god I can't even believe some of the vocal lines on that track he gets like he gets so far up there it's it's insane um, black leather glittering steel. That's uh, that's such a such that's such a tight song, uh, just in title and conception and execution, and one of my favorite tracks. Again, I kind of I, I tend to I tend to go towards these dark horse tracks, but track four is a song called Killer, which is features the uh, the horn section very prominently, and also has some guest vocals from Jolyn Turner on it, who sounds absolutely fucking in, immaculate on this uh, on this track. And it's like a funk song. Like, it's like a funky, heavy, like, heavy tune that just kind of blends the, the intricacies of, like, the, the, the guitar riffs and the lead guitar playing with these, like, Tower of Power styled runs. It's so cool. It's such a banger. And, like, the lyrics are just, like, dripping with sex. It's, like, really cool. Uh, love that one a lot. Um, another, another standout track is, the, is Metal Soldiers. That's a fun one. Yeah, so, and... It also closes with a cover, uh, an instrumental cover of a song called Race with the Devil on a Spanish Highway, which is uh, originally by the jazz guitar player Aldi Mayola, who is, um, if you're, you know, there, there may be a lot of people who aren't, who've never heard that name before. Aldi Mayola is one of the most influential guitar players of all time, um, but he comes from like a jazz fusion kind of realm, but he is like the jazz guy who inspired um, the intense shredding speed picking that you hear from guys like Malmsteen and uh, Michelangelo Biaccio and stuff like that. 
um, incredible, incredible player. Um, very, very heavy as well. Like he was kind of a rock player in the seventies who just got kind of, who just kind of went more jazz as time went on. But in like the mid to late seventies, he was like the fastest gun on the West, you know? And so it was very cool to see like a, a heavy metal version of that song. It was very, very rad. So, um, much love for Riot, much love for Privilege of Power. Again, I do think this is a better album than Thundersteel. Even if you got to chop off, you know, even if you can't stand the interludes, you can just chop them out. You don't, you don't, you know, you can just make a playlist that doesn't have them. Take all that stuff out, and you've got a, you got a track full of, uh, full of, uh, you got an album full Bangers. of songs that is, yeah, just absolute like madness. That's and, cool, uh, man. I was cool hearing you talking about that because I haven't heard that album in a long time, a long, long time. I'm like you, I'm a huge Riot fan. So, um, that's for me to. I got a long ass drive home tomorrow. I got to drive home from Woodburn, Oregon, all the way to Seattle after I'm done work tomorrow. So, I got plenty of time to listen to that record tomorrow. And I think I will. Right. It's yeah, definitely a, a sick, sick band, too. With like you were saying, there's just so many different eras of the band. And I ended up getting into Riot for the like that late 90s era, uh, with like Inishmore and uh, Sons of Society. I bought Sons of Society. Yeah not having never heard riot like brand new from the what is it called one of those mall uh chains that are no longer there that that was in their metal yeah. section back in the day when you couldn't you know find any of these bands like they didn't have youtube pages or mp3.com pages or anything like that so you just had to buy stuff sight unseen and you get some stinkers you get some good ones and i really i like I like that era of uh, Riot as well. Yeah, that's as, an uh, interesting point, Rob, because, you know, I, I, I am old enough to, to been a, from that era too. And there was a lot of bands that in the nineties that you hear of. So you're interested through a magazine or word of mouth or whatever. So you want to get that album, but the only one they have is the 1998 new release. Yep. So that's the one you buy. Like my first motorhead album was snake bite love which lucky for me is a rager of a late nineties motorhead album. So I kind of, that's, I didn't, I didn't, hadn't heard Ace of Spades, hadn't heard Bomber, Overkill or any of the classics because there was no way to fucking hear them unless he had the record. So I was like, I had read about Motorhead. I'd heard the guys from Metallica talk about Motorhead. I read about Lemmy, wanted to hear the music. So there was a Motorhead album in A&B Sound, which yeah. Was- listeners will we'll remember and yeah. I, lucky for me that yeah. totally kicks ass because i could have picked up a stinker but you know <laughs> it, it's it it rules my, my, my stick go oh, go ahead go ahead i was gonna say the, the a and b sound in my hometown was surprisingly badass there were there were a lot of um like as like a young like metal guy who was really getting into like like kind of obscure stuff Amy Sound, they really, uh, they really brought in some cool shit that was really hard to find. I remember uh, I found like Jake Panzer there, casting casting the stones was the first Jake Panzer I heard. So I, I kind of had a similar. I had the I had the the Jake Panzer like experience that you just described for Motorhead. Yeah, my uh, I didn't where I lived. We didn't. I think the main place was like uh, you could go to Fred Meyer and they had a s- smallish CD section at the time. And they had a hard rock, heavy metal section. Mm. And I rem- I had heard snippets of bands and I didn't have any access to any of the metal mags. And I didn't really know anyone other than people on the internet on like Usenet groups and, you know, chat rooms that are like, oh, check out this band or, or getting sent like little clips of uh, 
you know, like wave files of iced earth tracks where someone's holding a microphone up to their boom box. Yeah. Uh, and I remember having heard some Metallica stuff and, you know, I didn't, we didn't really have rock radio that had good stuff at all. And I was like, Oh, Metallica. Perfect. I'll, I'll look for them. And I had the opposite experience of you guys of like, Oh, sweet. I want to hear like, do they have master of puppets? No, they don't. Well, they have this album called load or reload one of those two. And I bought that and I was just so disappointed when I got, that was my first taste of Metallica too, dude. Like the guys in my high school, like I was always, you know, I was big, really big into black Sabbath and high school and ACC and kiss and Van Halen. And these dudes are like, oh man, you like this, you, 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 you're a rocker guy too. You must, you love Metallica. And I'm like, oh, I never heard him. I'll check him out. So of course I was driving, I was driving to baseball practice. My mom's minivan driving to baseball practice. How suburban is that? But <laughs> it's like, here comes a new single from Metallica called Until It Sleeps. And I was like, so I'm like, oh, sweet. I turn it up and I'm like, fuck is that? Went back to school and I say, I'm like, you guys are fucking dorks like how you listen to that crap and they were like well, what'd you hear and i told them and they're like no try this one and they gave me unjustice for all and then i was like and you're like oh shit i get it that's different but anyway speaking of my uh my pick of the week i did i do own this record even though i didn't bring it with me um i own it on multiple formats back home uh, last week i did the first metallica album so this week i'm talking about the first megadeth record which is killing a business and business is good which is up there in competition for the worst album cover of all time. Like that album cover, the original one, I believe, I believe there's some story where they made this model with this skull and it was supposed to be like the concept for the guy to do the drawing. But instead of that, they just used the photograph. And it is absolutely, if you haven't seen it, it is absolutely an atrocious album. It's the one where you can see the hot glue that's holding the stuff in place, right? Yeah, yeah. You can see the hot glue, and it's like this skull with like sunglasses, like aviator glasses things like nailed to its face and these weird hooks in the fucking jawline. It's, yeah, it's, supposed, to be, it's supposed to be like Vic Rattlehead, right? Basically. Yeah. It's it's the first incarnation of Vic Rattlehead, but it was intended to be drawn. And in 02, they re-released it with like the drawing as it was meant to appear. Um back in the day but this album came out comes out in 85 on combat records everyone knows the story mustaine's and metallica they drive to new york to record kill them all he he's a drunk asshole so he almost kills them and they kick him out put him on a bus and send him back to the bay area he starts megadeth um they go to make this album apparently the label gave him eight grand to make this record or 10 grand or something they blew half of it on drugs and and booze and uh so they wound up with like super shitty production because they spend it all on alcohol stuff but you know what like i i think that probably like contributes to how cool it is and i fucking love this album this is one of my favorite Meta- uh, megadeth records um the song the title track is just like one of those ones where like the riff is just crazy like it's it's total like jazz playing on it, it is absolutely an absolutely intense insane riff um Mustaine barely sings on this album he just kind of like shouts but for the it conveys the attitude really good this isn't like the best written Megadeth record like obviously they really came into their own on P-Cells P-Cells is my favorite Megadeth record 
than they did, of course, Rust in Peace and everything. But the youthful, like, speed metal enthusiasm on this, like, Rattlehead, the track Rattlehead is true speed metal. That is one of the fastest songs you'll ever hear. It's blindingly fast. Um, everyone, of course, like, Mechanics is, like, the Four Horsemen, basically, is what Metallica turned into the Four Horsemen. But they have these weird lyrics about a gas station attendant that, like, wants to up a car or something weird like that it's it's pretty bizarre but um you know this also has the gar samuelson and chris poland lineup which i think is probably the craziest lineup they they had um gar's drumming is super weird it's really off kilter he gets really jazzy and does lots of cool stuff chris poland was a wicked wicked guitar player um funny enough like my cd version of this um i have an original like combat records pressing of this is one of my favorite pieces of vinyl, but the CD I have, cause they did a uh, cover of these boots are made for walking, but I guess they got sued at some point. Cause I guess their version is too raucous and lewd or whatever. And it's just all beeped out. So like the riff starts and the state starts with saying that it's just like, beep for like the <laughs> whole verse. And it's, it's honestly kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really cool favorite songs last rites love to death the title track really love skull beneath the skin um rattlehead uh, even like the me- mechanics is super fun it's kind of cool to hear that song the way it was like intended to be written um the the two the reissue cd that i have has a lot of cool live shit live bonus tracks so um this is just another classic and i just you know i i wanted to touch on another you know, debut kind of like from one of these barrier bands. I've been talking about a lot of thrash metal, my picks recently, but I don't know. I guess this is where my head's been at. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a great record. I mean, it's a classic. It's not the, the classic Megadeth record, but it's something everyone should pick up. Um, and Megadeth has kind of been in the news lately uh, for reasons that aren't an album. Um, they're in the news because their bass player was, busting it out on the internet basically um no he he was not basically yeah that shit was wild dude because <laughs> i remember i woke up when it happened and like you know it was all this stuff about you know david allison like whacking off of the internet blah blah, blah and this and that and there was like a video link to a video and i was like oh it'll probably be like you watched the video dude i watched the video oh my god dude i i, I didn't think that i didn't think that it was going to be that explicit i figured it would like be blurred out or whatever but i'm like no there's dave mustaine's fucking cock and he's <laughs> david a fucking nut i'm like oh god damn it like it was just raw uncut and oh. awful and i not have a normal day <laughs> i i got i just got sent a link and the the text of it was holy shit and i clicked it and it was just like immediately like yeah, that's drunk the thing. in it hand happens. going to town. And I was just yeah. like, close it immediately. <laughs> it, it, that's the thing. It happened so quick. Like the little clip, like somebody like sent it to me and I, I, I clicked it and it happened so fast. You don't have time to close the window. He's like fucking, Dude. He's, he's fucking busted. He's like heavy metal goatsy. Oh yeah, so, definitely. I was just going to say, it is just like getting like sent goatsy or like lemon party or fast yeah, attack it, chopper. It, it, exactly. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's creepy and I'm, I don't want to d- diminish the, how creepy it is that he yeah. 
batting off with like some girl who he met when she was 17 and he's like 50 something it's creepy yeah, it's bad luck. not illegal right let's clear the air they gotta be gotta be fair it's not illegal but it's creepy um it's also fucking funny as hell yeah. <laughs> you know i thought that like john schaefer getting caught with all the dads clowning around in the capitol is gonna be the funniest thing that happened in heavy metal in 2021 nope. but then <laughs> david Elton was like hold my beer where the well, hell can we go whack from off here? The internet. Like, what? What's the next step? Like, who's gonna do what next, dude? I well, we're having a lot of church burnings up here lately. For real? Yeah. Oh, you didn't hear about that shit? No, no, I didn't. Dude, like, okay, I mean, are we getting into this? <laughs> well, here, before we get it all into this, I wanted to show you guys one thing. No one's gonna be able, but like, I have this poster in my in my room here. <laughs> And if you can see, it says Rust in Peace on it. It's a Megadeth poster, but that is not the Rust in Peace lineup. No, it is not. Oh, that is so, definitely not. Rust in Penis. Yeah, that's the uh, so another Bust different old penis. school lineup. Yep. <laughs> so, Bust in Penis. That's yeah, Ellis and Solo record. Bust in Peace. Bust in Penis. The lead, the lead single will be Dong Patrol. Yeah, the Dong Patrol. <laughs> Hanger, she's almost 18. Oh, oh yikes yikes all right so let's hear let, i'm gonna hear this about these church burnings if it's appropriate to talk it's about not metal related but oh okay well then i guess we don't have to yeah basically like basically uh there's been a, a string of church burnings um over the past uh, couple weeks because of so this canada has a pretty dark past in with regards to how um this uh Canadian settlers and essentially, uh, you know, just white people basically have treated the indigenous population, totally. you know, much like much like in the States as well. Canada, it's, I feel like it's particularly egregious. There was a long history of uh, basically uh, ripping young indigenous children away from their parents and sending them to like religious boarding schools. Where they residential were, schools, they call them. They call them residential schools. Yeah, where they were basically abused and oh, often you know and this is not that long ago yeah the last one of these things closed like 30 or 40 years ago Jeez. yeah it's not that long ago and they've been uncovering mass graves basically they've oh okay so it's, it's connected to, to that they discovering uh, mass graves so people have just been like torching the churches damn yeah, yeah I've, I've seen some like graffiti and some other stuff yeah uh on some of the churches up there yeah um, a lot of the uh, a lot of these like obviously these these were ran by the states these were ran by the government but they were sort of put in the hands of the Catholic Church and then not checked up on and regulated is it was or, borderline yeah, we, genocide jeez that's insane you straight know? up yeah so, pretty it's very very nasty like very like wow. miserable strain and yeah like they've literally um, I'm not even sure how this kind of came up but I think they were doing like some excavating or they, they, I think there's like new technology where people, where um, people can kind of scan the ground and they can sort of find like biomass, I guess. Jeez. And these, they discover like, oh, like next to this Catholic church that's down the road from an ex-residential school, there's like literally like 500 dead children. Oh my, wow. Yeah, that's it's pretty crazy. And so. they've been kind of going through a lot of the, um, a lot of the um, Aboriginal bands have been kind of doing started they started doing these checkups at other around other churches in small towns around around residential schools and they're finding them by the hundreds wow finding these finding Holy these like mass unmarked graves by the hundreds and uh 
And there's been a, one of the responses has been people are literally just the churches are being lit up around the country. Wow. That's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been pretty intense. So I don't really, so I well, burn them. Fuck it. I don't care. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Like I've seen some people like kind of likening it to the, uh, you know, the black metal, like second wave black metal church burnings, but no, this is like it's a bit different. It's not this is this is this is real shit. It's not a bunch of like, you know, rich kids run a buck, you know. Yeah, like edge lords. It's like no, these are this is this is some real shit. Yeah, I, I absolutely <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, man. Solidarity with uh Yeah, absolutely. So um yeah. Oh uh, well, let's uh let's switch gears. <laughs> <laughs> let's lighten things. Yeah, up yeah sorry, I, I kind of drew that out. Sorry, I, I didn't okay. know it was going to oh, go that, that dark. I, I, I'm of a surprised direction, we but... didn't we didn't mention this sooner. I was like, that's that's my new Canada Day tradition is burning down your church. By the way, yeah, no, it's Canada a, Day today. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in the world, and it's disappointing to hear about this stuff all. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. now and and there's not really much you can they anyone can really do to to fix it, and I definitely don't blame people for acting out in that in that fashion. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. it's tricky for sure. I, I I don't I don't blame them either. I mean, it's yeah. pretty rational. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, let's let's switch gears, and you know, yeah. we're a little long, but we could do a little little bit of discussion, so we don't end on such a bleak note. Yeah, uh, you know, we had planned to talk about you know German heavy metal. You know, because our main uh, topic, uh, our album was from a classic, uh, you know, German band. So mm-hmm. I, I compiled kind of a list of my favorite German bands and, you know, the, the albums that go with them. Um, what, do you, what, do you, what, are some, what are some of your guys' favorite um, albums and bands from that country? Except I, I think they're kind of the way to start, right? Are they the... They're number go-to. three on my list. So mm-hmm. um, for me, actually, number one is Halloween, and uh, <laughs> like they're they're my favorite German band, and my favorite album by the Animals Keepers, Part One. Absolutely love that record. Um, number two is Blind Guardian. Yeah, Blind you know, Guardian is a killer band as well. I mean, mm-hmm. God, me and Jeff used to play in a Blind Guardian tribute together. Like they're a huge influence <laughs> on, yeah. on me musically. Uh, and then Accept comes in at number three for. Uh, nice. With my favorite album being Metal Heart. Yeah, oh yeah, Metal Heart. Easily, easy, easy. Yeah, that's my absolute favorite. But you know, except is a you know a band we've talked about on the podcast before. But you know, they uh, despite the new album, you know, they have a storied history and they they had quite the comeback in the 2010s too. So you know, that's a hell of a band. That that's a band with a hell of a legacy as well. Definitely. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, they 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 deserve they deserve uh, the reverence. I think. And then, yeah. Um, if, oh. Go ahead. Okay, I, I was gonna say one of, one of the fun things for me about the German, like heavy metal scene, is I mean this is true for a lot of scenes, but it's it's fun kind of going through and figuring out the connections between a lot of these band members, um, particularly if you're looking at bands like Blind Guardian and Halloween. You know, those two bands kind of started. At, you know, Halloween's maybe Halloween's a little bit older. Yeah, Halloween's older than Blind Guardian, but there's a lot of connection between those, between those bands, um, especially um, with like the early, uh, the early involvement of Kai Hansen. I think Kai Hansen must've been a real big mover and shaker back in the early to mid eighties. 
in the German scene because he had his fingers in a lot of in a lot of pies, you know, from appearing to like from from guest appearances on other bands' records and partnering with uh, with other artists like, for example, Pete Silk from uh, Iron Savior. Yep. Um, like they like they, they like they, they they're just like childhood friends who have kind of each start like who have sort of blossomed into their own little unique empires and pete silk has done stuff with the guys from blind guardian who have probably done stuff with uh, the guys from Gravedigger, who have shared members with running wild you know like these are all just bands who kind of blossomed and exploded and came to uh you know they came to call in like you know kind of a, a roughly the same time period you know it's a it's a fun it's a fun uh era of, hi- of metal history to explore yeah, and I think overarching all these bands is the Scorpions. That's true. Definitely. You know, that's true. They're, they're kind of like the Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath of, of Germany, I would say. I mean, they mm-hmm. they had a real impact on all these bands, and I think they were kind of like show um, German bands that you, even though you know you don't speak the native tongue of popular music that that goes around Earth from England and America and whatnot, that you can still get out there and make it happen. And uh, yeah. I mean, I, I fucking love the Scorpions too. So uh, oh, yeah, phenomenal band. Do you guys have a favorite Scorpions album? Hmm. I'm, I'm an Uli guy. Yeah. I'm a John Roth guy, but I, I don't, I would have a lot of trouble. I'm going to say Taken by Force. Fuck it. That's a great one. My, mine's Blackout just because it's the first one I ever heard. And the weird thing for me is the first time I really heard that, I, I always knew the, the big songs from Scorpions, of course. But weirdly enough, when I really started to dig into their catalog was in the early 2000s when I bought Live Insurrection by Rob Halford, by the Halford band. And I bought the, because I was the total dork, I had to buy the Japanese edition with like, I had to pay like $25 for three bonus tracks because that's what I did. And uh, they did a cover of Blackout with Rudy Shanker. And I was like, holy shit, that's a Scorpion song? I need to know more. So then it was an easy transition for them to go, oh, that's the album that is the title track with the song I love. So I'll buy that one. So it was kind of like the first one, apart from like a greatest hits package that I ever owned. So I like, got a soft spot for me. Outside of the, the radio hits that you you can hear, you hear of theirs, uh, that my expo- first exposure was Blackout as well on like a tape format. And definitely were, that was one of the, few tapes that I, I wore out pretty pretty heavily and eventually just died basically um, nice. came un, unraveled um, that blackout is definitely a super super sick track and no one like you is like a radio single but like there is some there are some tasty licks in that song oh, yeah. totally dude like really tasty playing um, good stuff Oh yeah, I mean, uh, um, uh, Matthias, Matthias, Matthias Jabs. Um, he's uh, he's he's no slouch of of a player. He's a he's a phenomenal lead guitar player. He you know, yeah, he um, we, like the band sounds quite different with him compared to the the Uli John Roth material, but uh, it's it's no you know it's no slight against him. When I when I when I say that Uli era is my favorite, it's no slight against that For sure. uh, the work that they did later on 
I know that we had talked about Halloween already, of course. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on Gamma Ray, Kai Hansen's band mm. after he left uh, oh, Halloween? Legendary, man. Yeah, love, yeah, love Gamma Ray. I'm a huge Gamma Ray fan. Like, probably may, way more than I should be. Uh, my favorite pick from them would definitely have to be Somewhere Out in Space. It's um, an awesome record. That start to finish is just an excellent album. Um, mm. And there's like, you know, some callbacks too, where they do, he does a watcher uh, in the sky with uh, Piet, Pete, Piet. I don't know how to say his name from Iron Savior. Yeah. And then I believe on an Iron Savior record, there's a version as well of that song, slightly different with different really vocals as well. But mm. that's my, 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 one of my favorites, but they're, they got a lot of really good releases as well. They do. I'm kind of, I, I have a real soft spot for Sign No More. Um, Mm. it's kind of like a, it's, it's their first one and it's also kind of their weirdest one in a lot of ways but i don't know why i just really like it it's another contender for stupidest album cover ever but oh. it, is that the skeleton dancing one yeah the skeleton dancing one yeah in the top hat yeah yeah you know it's first time i heard ralph sheepers too um he's got some pipes man that guy's he does and I, I just that album is just kind of funky and weird and, and it's it's really endearing to me for some reason yeah, I'm not sure what uh what my favorite would be. I, I do like Somewhere Out in Space quite a bit. Um, the opening track and the title track are really, really awesome. And I remember like trying to learn a lot of those riffs when I was like super, super young. Land of the Free is a classic though, too. Like like Land Man on a Mission really is so good. It's such such like an awesome anthem. Um no world but I, I really like good. um sorry, I, I I really like No World Order though. Yeah, No World Order kicks ass, dude. That that's I think a lot of people are gonna agree on that album. That's that's yeah. a great album. Yeah, I, th- I, I might I might go with that one, but it's uh it's a it's a toss up though. You know, I don't think there's any really bad choices, uh, you know, from basically Majestic back uh, for their yeah. stuff. Like, there's a lot of really good records. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And, and then uh, continuing the Ralph Sheeper connection, and then Primal Fear. You know, that's yeah. another one that he's talked about and i think for me that's an easy pick nuclear fires i think one of the best albums i've ever heard in the 2000s i mean one to me was a great year for 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 uh, heavy metal there's a lot of cool albums that came out in 2001 um but that's one of them and i remember the first time i heard that the old scrape records in vancouver in their old store i was just like jj was spinning it and i was like who the fuck is this and he was just looking he he knew my I was one of the, I was that kid that blew my old paycheck on albums back then and he knew kind of what I liked and he put that on. I was like who the fuck is this and he was just like oh it's just band called Primal Fear from Germany I thought you might like him and I was like wow like it's like and then the product and the we, I mean you know in, in Skeletor we often talked about the production on that album the production on that album is just fucking insane just everything is fucking just jack on ten. <laughs> yeah exactly but in a good way not in a bad way not in a everything's clipping way yeah and but it's like it's 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 a super like crazy record but then you, you get like some there's some variety in there i really like that track iron fist and the velvet glove on that album that's one of my favorites um there's not too many like i, I don't think ralph sheepers is very good at singing a ballad like i don't really enjoy hearing him sing ballads <laughs> So there isn't too much of that on that album, which I appreciate. Unfortunately, there is on other Primal Fear records. But, um, you know, it's a band that I think is is still pretty awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fun. they're a fun live show, too. 
I've never seen them live, weirdly. Really? Yeah, I've missed them every single damn time they've come here or Vancouver. Damn. Yeah, I saw them. Uh, I've seen them twice. Nice. Yeah, they, they're a good show. I like, um, I like, yeah, I like Primal Fear quite a, quite a bit. Um, I wouldn't say they're one of, one of my favorites or anything. I think, like, my favorite band is Blind Guardian. I'll probably, I think I'll just, I think I'll just say that. Like, Blind, Blind Guardian are like my Metallica in a way, right? Yeah. Um, so, Blind Guardian has like a very special place in my heart. And, yeah, huge fan. They're, they're, they're almost, uh, the band that got me into metal so um most when people talk about german heavy metal that's usually the first band that i uh that pops into my head especially that run of albums in the uh in the 90s that they did yeah dude absolutely i'm with you um they might be my favorite german heavy metal band right now they are right after halloween i mean they're number, close number two and yeah. i gotta put tales from the twilight world at the top of my heap for, for yeah. the albums yeah, ta- Tales is phenomenal. Tales is an incredible album. It's often kind of, often gets glossed over in favor of uh, Summer Far Beyond, but it shouldn't. It's I yeah. think it stands. I think it Summer Far Beyond's a little more polished, maybe, but I think songwriting wise, they they go toe to toe. I think Tales. The, the production is definitely way more polished. Um, you know the 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 like the uh, the sound on on Tales is a little more boomy so to speak. Um, it's not as tight. It's not as refined, but I like that. Um, Tales definitely bridges that 80s era into the 90s, and there's kind of that they're a band where there's a really solid logical progression of their sound. Yeah. Where, like, they didn't, it's not like overnight they completely changed. And it's no really way. interesting how there's fans who love the different eras. There's people who will swear by Night of the Opera is the best Blind Guardian album. There are people yeah. who like, because that's the first shit they heard was the epic stuff. And there's people who love the 80s thrashy stuff. And then there's people like me and Jeff who are all about kind of that 90s material. Um, yeah. And, and, um, and for me, like, you know, as a, as a guy who's very much into production, recording and things like that, like, imaginations from the other side on a production level is like a sound that I aspire to. And yeah. there's a lot of this, you know, there's, there's been some mythology around, um, the production and recording of that album and it's very it's a fascinating record it's incredibly heavy incredibly I, heavy i, I kind of see that as their like rusted piece or master of puppets kind of thing it's like where a lot of things really it's not my favorite but if someone says it's their best album i'm not going to argue with them a lot yeah, it's kind of came together it is a lot of things came together for them on that record and actually the first song i heard by blind guardian was born in a morning hall and mm. I got the, the first album I got was somewhere far beyond, and then Tales was the second one I got. Yeah, but my first song was uh, Bright Eyes. Good track. Yeah, that, that that had a music video too. It's it's funny that you mentioned Master of Puppets because it was produced by the same same engineer. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Which, yeah. which is yeah, it's 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 a it's a very it's a that's a very cool record. Um, I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't. Mentioned the thrash scene in Germany. Oh, Destruction, Sodom, and uh, Creator. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's I, it, between those three, it's hard to pick a favorite. They're so different. Um, I really love Coma of Souls by Creator, though. That's just such a fucking cool record. People of the Lions, one of those. That's one of those songs where when they play it live, if you don't want to be anywhere near a mosh, if you don't like mosh pits, you get you gotta run. 
you got to get out of there. <laughs> like this shit is about to hit the fan when they play people in the line. Um, that's a great, yeah. that's a great record. Um, I really liked uh, Pleasure to Kill a lot. Yeah, stereotypical that's a great one. Pick, stereotypical pick. Um, but um, when they kind of had that resurgence where they were really hitting the States, and I don't know if they were hitting Canada as well, but around, right. uh, what was it? Violent Revolution, when they really started really burning the road big time. Uh, I really like that album as well. It's definitely a little bit of a departure. It's not quite yep. as thrashy, but at that time, like they had leading up to that, they had done that Outcast album, which I think is pretty heavily maligned, like as kind of a weird. There's some cool tracks on it though, like Black Sunrise is a great song. And I really liked, uh, <laughs> it's definitely not a thrash album, but Endorama. Like I actually really like that album. Yeah. If you're into like thrash, it's definitely not uh, something to listen to though. So (laughs) it's a little bit more, I don't know, like kind of what you like, what a lot of bands were kind of doing at the time. uh, Like, but different enough. They were experimenting and trying to go with what was going on at the times. It is what it is. But they write everything back to more of like, true heavy metal and thrash metal and violent revolution has a lot of like melodic elements while still being pretty aggressive. Mm. I I like that one too. Um, When it comes to destruction, my actual favorite album by destruction is one from the two thousands. I really like the antichrist. Um, Yeah. That's a great album. That one is just, man, it was just like, what it is. That is, if you like, if you like thrash metal, that's an album for you. Because that album is like uncompromising fucking. There's some killer cool. riffs on that album. Great riffs, really intense, like trebly classic thrashy production. It's abrasive. It's hard to listen to. It's fucking everything for me that like a true thrash album should be. That album pulls no punches. It's like it's pretty brutal for a thrash album. So yeah. And it Schmier's vocals I haven't are listened- crazy on that. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I haven't listened to a ton of Destruction. The stuff I've heard, I, I've liked. Um, I have a feeling that if I listen to more of them, they might be my they might be my favorite of the the big German thrashers. But um, the the band that I know the best is Creator, and in particular, I'm really I, I I'm I know Extreme Aggression very well. Yeah, that's a great one, man. That was that was that's a close number two for me. It's really cool. I, I really like it. And I, I kind of I kind of got it by accident. Like when I, I got my first when I got when I got my first car and started driving when I was 16, it only had a cassette deck in it. So I just like went to like a used record store and just like bought a couple, you know, I just bought whatever tapes I could afford with the cash I had in my pocket. And one of them was Dio Last in Line. The other one was Creator Extreme Aggression. Sick. And so I just you know, and I just listened to that album so many times. And yeah. uh, like, and I wasn't really into like, I wasn't even really into thrash metal so much. I was into more melodic stuff, but I got this creator album. I'm like, and at first I wasn't really sure what to make of it, but I just know every song. Like I, I know every lyric, I know every lick. I could air guitar perfectly to every solo, probably every drum fill, you know, like I just know it super well. And there's some fucking cool ass songs on there, man. Like love us or hate us and stuff like that. No yeah. reason to exist. Like there's some, Fucking really, really fun songs. They're also yeah, really, 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 really amazing live band too. Like yeah. I was, I've been oh, yeah. really just completely impressed every time I've seen them. 
Millie's a, a great front man. Yeah, for sure. And I used to remember when he used to do the like flag of hate when they introduced that song. He had this hilarious speech that he would do at the beginning, and he would just like say everything like really loud and then quiet. He would go, "Now it's time to raise the flag of hate." <laughs> It was always really cool and endearing. I love all of his song introductions live are, are really awesome. It makes just it makes you smile. There's a live DVD I have of them that I don't recall what it's called, but there's some footage from Korea or something that's just absolutely fucking crazy. Um, right. I, I forget what it's called. It could, be, it could be called like live creation or just yeah, shit like that. I don't remember offhand, but it's yeah. cool. I don't know and and. I need to get into soda. I don't know very much about them. We'll freely admit that I just haven't like delved into their catalog enough. And I really well, do. A lot of people are really into like the first and second album. And I really like Agent Orange, which is the third album. Uh, I, I kind of fell off the map with them after that. I know that they had a comeback album in the mid 2000s that was received pretty well. Um, but yeah, they're they have one in 2020 too. So damn. definitely still they were they have a lot of stuff released actually. Damn. One band I'd like to mention that has fallen, I don't really listen to anymore because I don't love the direction they went in, but is Ed Guy. Um, yeah. I I was a huge Ed Guy fan back in the day. Um, loved the early stuff. Everything up to and including uh, Mandrake, I was really into. Um they kind of lost, like, and Hellfire Club, too, I thought was really fun. They kind of lost me after that. They kind of started going a little more of, like, a poppy comedy, yeah. um, weird. I don't too know. silly after that for me. They were, getting, they were getting quite silly. I got to say, I, one of the, my most fun shows I ever saw was uh, Hammerfall and Ed Guy in, like, 05. Yep, that's cool. That's and I had met the guys from Hammerfall on the street on Granville Street in Vancouver, and we'd partied for like two 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 days straight. Those guys love their Smirnoff Ice, unironically. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love to drink Smirnoff Ice. But we got to see Ed Guy, and uh, they were phenomenal. Yeah, like, they were great. Absolutely fucking phenomenal live, and yeah, they played everything I wanted to hear. And you know, they're I don't really know what they're doing now. I've kind of like I know that you know. Tobias has been like focusing more on the Avantasia stuff in recent years. I don't know. Yeah, they, they haven't. Like I said I really kind of became a little disenfranchised with their sound as time went on. It got a little too goofy for me. I think they're they're on holds because I think that he's been getting way more into doing his Avantasia stuff. So yeah, um, I I saw them on that tour too in in, in Seattle, and the one thing I'll always remember is. Hammerfall was playing, and uh, the singer Joe Kim or whatever is having an issue with his in ears, and he's like, "I can't hear anything, so it is time for a guitar solo." And he like <laughs> leaves the stage, and the dude is like doing a rip-in solo for like five minutes, and he comes back on stage, and he just turned the singer just turned the guitar player's amp off. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, I was like. Damn, that was awesome. I'm not kidding you at all. He, he that's incredible. He showed up and he just stepped on like all the the mute button or whatever. That and was the bald like, guy. Yeah, he was standing front and center and he's like, he's just ripping it up, ripping it up, and then just dead silence. No wonder the bald guy quit. 
<laughs> yeah, there Jesus you go. Christ. That was also the, that, at that show. He's like, do you want to hear a fast song or a ballad? I don't know why I'm doing a, a German accent, but he asked if we wanted to hear a ballad or a, a fast song. And everyone's like, fast song. Like, all, whole crowd is just screaming for a fast song. And he's like, well, I want to do a ballad. So we're doing a ballad. <laughs> and I was just like, what the oh, fuck? my God. He was in a mood. Yeah, but Ed, Ed um, Guy was was great, and uh, they're also just a band that's really killer live. Tobias definitely knows how. Was to... was the was the bass player from Hammerfall wearing like this weird like mirror suit? With yeah, yeah. Pouch on the side where he looked like Shawn Michaels from WWF. Yeah, he. They were pretty <laughs> ridiculous that, that yeah. gig. It was like the silliest outfit. He had this, like, it was like this all mirror fucking suit. And then he had like this fanny pack on the side. It was fucking <laughs> weird. It was a little satchel on the side of his fucking suit. That's great. Strange. But it was a fun show. And I remember, um, God, it was the middle of the, of the show. And I remember they, they were saying like there was some, like Tobias was like, there's merchandise back there for sale. And I like held up my, my shirt and he points at me and goes, See, this guy knows he's going to get licked wearing that shirt tonight. Yeah. <laughs> he was wrong. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, quite the opposite would happen with the dead guy. Yeah, shirt, I mean, I'd like, I never, when I bought that shirt, I was like, oh, yeah, this thing is going to get me a lot of pussy. <laughs> 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 My Ed guy shirt's going to make all the ladies fucking come hang out with me. <laughs> so, I think also, too, uh, Ed guy, in a, I think you have to mention Avantasia as well. I know that's sure. kind of a super group, but it's Tobias Simon. Med guy, yeah. the those first two albums are completely fucking amazing, as far yeah. as like symphonic, crazy, over the top power metal. Definitely, yeah, I agree. And I, I unironically really like the stuff, like the post uh, twenty ten stuff as well. I really like like the more like uh, the lights. like the, the more broad way. Talking about Avantasia? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I really, I, I really get into like you know, I, I like, I like the first two metal opera albums, like they're super sick, and then you know they completely change directions from Scarecrow onward, and I unironically really enjoy those albums. Um, Scarecrow not as much. Scarecrow was like, you know, he was clearly tr- trying some, trying it out, and he went very hard in that direction. But then um, the couple out, al- like the double album that he did following. Angel of Babylon and uh, Wicked Symphony. That's where he kind of found the balance between like, okay, like we need to do more. We, we can't just do like one or two fast songs. We got to do like, you know, at least half faster songs. And he's got Jorn Lande on vocals. Um, this is also when you saw, um, I believe Michael Kiske um, came back and came into the fold um, as a guest on a lot of, uh, on a lot of those songs as well. And uh, yeah, like a, a fantastic lineup on those two records and yeah like just kind of some really awesome fast like super catchy operatic like and an- anthemic kind of power metal with lots of hooks some of the most some of the most fabulous guitar solos so some of my favorite guitar solos are avantasia guitar solos actually is that the sasha guy or the i believe guys? sasha does a lot of the lead guitars but do you know who else they have um another fun connection is the guy, um, the guy who was playing guitar with Sasha when we saw him, who's still in the band, is um, Oliver Hartman, who is mm-hmm. uh, a very good guitar player, who is also an incredible singer for a band called Advance. Mm-hmm. Oh, very, yeah. Very, very cool power metal band. Very and cool I don't band, know, yeah. 
Yeah, and I, he's an awesome singer. He's on the first, he sings on the first two metal opera albums. And I don't know why, to, he doesn't seem to sing anymore. I don't know what happened. He's just, a, he, he just plays guitar now. But he was a very good singer. So I'm not sure what happened with him exactly, but he, I'm, I'm glad he's still playing though. Cause uh, yeah, he kills it, man. And yeah, so some of the, some of the licks that he and Sasha trade on like ghost lights mm-hmm. are super fucking cool. Um, I'll have to check that out. Is, yeah. With, with, he has like, I know that uh, Aventasia, the albums are kind of like a who's who of like metal singers, but it isn't like, uh, doesn't like Jeff Tate, isn't he on one of those or two of those? Yeah. Jeff Tate's on ghost lights and he's on the next one as well. So, and he sounds incredible on awesome. uh, on his Avantasia performances. Like he really like, I think one of uh, I think one of Tobias's strengths with Avantasia is I think I think he knows how to write for these singers, mm-hmm. and he kind of know like I think I think he just he's really able to hone in on what works and mm-hmm. just do that. Because uh, yeah, well, like when he brings you know like, Jorn Lande for example sings on like two songs in the Scarecrow, and those are the best songs by like a country mile. And so he's like, okay, you're and you're singing on like half the record now from this point on. So he's got that. Um, yeah, he squeezes every drop that he can from Jeff Tate on his song. Um, he get he brings Biff from Saxon for it's for a two, and Biff sounds incredible as as is usual, of course. But um yeah, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a fan, and uh it's I know I know they're cheesy as fuck, but I love it. Hey, I like cheese. Hey, I'll give those those two most recent ones uh, yeah. a shot. I I will freely admit that I de- never checked them out. I haven't heard them either, so I got I, more now. That's great. Kind of, I kind of got turned off a little bit at uh, at Scarecrow, to be honest, and mm-hmm. kind of just never really checked back in, other than like a single here or there. Mm-hmm. And I was at, just like, out of all of those, Scarecrow's the weakest for sure. Cool. Fair um, I would, if you're gonna check out one of the post Scarecrow records. Which one? I would maybe I would go either Mystery of Time or um, Ghost Lights. I think cool. I'll check them out. Cool. Yeah, Mystery of Time actually. Uh, Mystery of Time. I would maybe do that one first. Well, speaking of you know tying uh, tying a few things together here, you know we talked about Halloween and we talked to you mentioned uh, Jordan Lande, um, Master Plan. I don't know. Oh, yeah. To those guys at all, but that first Master Plan record, damn, that is. One of the best power metal albums I've ever heard. I was really, really into it when it came out. It's still in rotation, you know, in, in my household to this day. Um, he is—he's one of the best singers going, and you know, put him in front of those motherfuckers. Like that was just a great record. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not not a, not a band that lasted, you know, a long time. But when it was when it was going with him in the band, like they did some really really good stuff. They, they did, yeah. I'm a little bit less familiar with Master Plan, but all the stuff I've heard, I've just I've check heard. check the first the first album, man. The self titled, it's absolutely brilliant. It's a brilliant I, record. So I, I'm on their their page here, and I I never even knew that they did this. They released a album in 2017 that's a covers album of of Halloween songs. Whoa! Yeah, I Whoa. think that was in that was in response to like they did that when the Pumpkins, the Pumpkins United, United was announced. <laughs> Whoa! That was his like. Who's singing on that? Uh, that's that's a good question. Alt- Who's Altsy? Rick Altsy. I know that name. Where do I know that name from? Advance, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, saying after Oliver Hartman. 
The name sounds familiar, though. I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure I've. Uh, it does sound familiar. Yeah, I can't think of who. That's wild, that is though. very funny, though. I would have to check that out. It doesn't look like it's very well reviewed, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, of course not. It's not going to be good. <laughs> that, that it is. It is basically him like trying to flip off Halloween, though, for not yeah. including him. But the first, the first, the first self-titled record, like, is is a glorious slab of power metal, and I. Highly, highly recommend everybody check it out. It was my, it might have been my favorite album the year it came out. I think it was like 04 or 03 or something. It's a, it's absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, is there any other German bands we're missing? I'm sure we are missing like a bunch. And we didn't really talk course. about, we didn't talk about Running Wild much at all. Oh, that's okay. true. Missed. That's true. Yeah, running, running. My favorite, running my favorite, my favorite Running Wild then, my memory was pissing off your bass player, Frost and Fire. Oh yeah, yeah, da- yeah. David Messier, the basis of Gatekeeper, Running Wild is his favorite band, and he gets very uh, precious. So running yeah, Wild. and Running Wild, you know, had, you know, in the eighties, there's, you know, in certain circles in the eighties, were considered a ma- massive poser band, you know, in certain thrash <laughs> metal circles and certain, you know, death metal circles, they were a bunch of fucking posers because they were dorks and saying about pirates and shit <laughs> so i you know it, it was it was like we're in this hotel room and it's one of those things where there's a bunch of like heavy metal dorks and everyone's kind of puffing their chests out blah 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 so i said like yeah whatever man i remember a time when running wild were called po- we're just we're, we're considered posers it was a time called the 80s <laughs> and and messi got so fucking mad at me dude he left the room and i I didn't tell him I was kidding until like the last day of the festival. Like I let him hang on. So to funny. One time. Was that because <laughs> they had the, the more like cult album for starters, and then they kind of like evolved into their their sound after that, or what was the inception? Or were you just were you just fucking with them? I was just fucking with them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it was really funny actually. Dave, Missy and I were having a having a, a chat a little while ago because. Uh, there was this Running Wild tribute album that came out. It has like eight or nine tracks on it from like bands from like the new wave of traditional heavy metal circle. Actually, like Canthro is on one of them. Oh, interesting. They play uh, Port Royal and do a very oh, good job wow. of it. Actually, it was funny because he, he he like sent he like sent me the sent me this thing and he was like pointing at all the riffs that the bands were like playing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> David, he's like, he's like, he's like, no one plays Blazing Stone right. <laughs> oh man, I, I I love that guy, and that is like, that's why I love him for things like that because yeah. he, will, he will point out who's playing that obscure riff slightly wrong. Yeah, he's just he's like, I've oh, never God. heard a single band play Blazing Stone correctly. <laughs> he's not running wild. It's very. Dude, very funny. He is he is a fucking champ. He's one of the best guys, and he does have an obscure metal carnival going on inside his head. Yeah, he really, he truly does. It's <laughs> Running Wild's cool though, man. Like I, I really, uh, I really get into you know Jolly Roger, Port Royal, and uh, like Death or Glory as well. Like I love that they have that track "Bad to the Bone," which is like such a sick. Like you can't, I can't hear it enough. You know, I love yeah, that song. They're a lot yeah. of fun. There's some definitely some super sick riffs and 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 uh, Rolf's got a very uh, signature solo style, <laughs> and I I, may, I mean that in a really like in the most positive way. That sounds naive, but like I, I think his solos are cool. Like he kind of does like the same thing in each song, but in a tasteful way. And 
it's good stuff yeah I yeah like- yeah he's 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 very cool um yeah i do uh yeah i do like me some some running wild i think a band that i like a little bit more than running wild is uh, iron savior yeah that's a good call Iron Saver is fucking so sick, dude. Especially the yeah, we, first... we, we yeah we have talked about them on the podcast before. Of course, for you. Okay, oh that's right. Yeah, it was like wasn't that the first episode actually? It was the second one. No, it was the first episode. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love love those first two Iron Savior records. We we don't have like uh, God. What was the one with the Condition Red? Is my favorite. That one's cool. I think Unification's my favorite. Yeah, it's, it's just like they're so consistent and. Uh, you know, they just, oh man, they just fucking, they, they just always kill it. Um, let me see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we're missing. Dude, Rage. Yep. Oh, wow. Rage, dude. Are can't they German? Forgo- yeah, buddy. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, they, I can't believe we we almost forgot Rage. Jesus Christ. <laughs> man. Wow. Rage Against dude, the Rage Machine? Is- yeah. Yes, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 there you go there there's your your bad dad joke of the episode Perfect. i would love to hear like rage cover battle of los angeles <laughs> for like the whole album i would love that I well love there's that. like yeah <laughs> that would be something so there's like a whole there's a whole slew of like i mean i don't know if i call them like good bands per se but like there's a lot of german power metal that i find endearing you know, mm-hmm. bands like Wizard. Have you ever- <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. dude, I've got a Wizard CD here. Actually, I was I, just is it bound by metal? No, it's uh, what the fuck Head is it? Deceiver. Head of the Deceiver, dude. That was great. Yes, <laughs> that's that, a great record. That I true, that album. That's true metal on it, right? Yep. The true power speed metal warriors from Germany strike back with their fourth studio album. That's called featuring. Defenders of Metal. Defenders of Metal. <laughs> yeah, that one's on this one. Magic Potion. Yes. Yeah. The opener. Head of the Deceiver. Revenge. Defenders of Metal. And then the album closes with True Metal. Yep. I love yeah, that. I that True Metal band. song is so ridiculous. <laughs> it might be one of the most ridiculous songs I've ever heard. <laughs> Along these same lines, we can't forget about Tarek's band, Majesty. Yep, I was gonna say Majesty. Oh, next. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the the band who coined the phrase "keep it true," you know, like, it's true. I mean, they, they did coin that phrase. Um, a couple band, one band I really like, it's more underground, um, is uh, Heaven's Gate. I don't know if you guys ever listened to that much. Yeah, but yeah, Heaven's I have. Uh, awesome, they had a killer singer. They did. Um, I have that. I like that album, Hell for Sale. Yeah, Hell for Sale is really great. Like it's. I think I got it like a greatest hits kind of, or, or one of those, like, I don't know if it was a greatest hits or it was like two CDs combined into one, you know, like there's a lot of those like release where you get like two or an album and an EP or something in one release. It was called boxed or something. It was yeah, that has basically, a... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It basically had like one album and then a small EP on it. It's fucking awesome. Like Heaven's Gate kicks ass. Yeah, they're great, and um, of course the the guitar player band leader Sasha Payeth is like a, a he's a big deal in German heavy metal. I mean, he's the lead guitarist of Avantasia. He's a yep. he's a very important producer and yep. Uh, yep. he worked a lot like, recording with, uh, guy. Like a lot of Luca a lot Trilli, of right? bands go through him. Yep, he, absolutely. He worked with a lot with uh, Luca Turilli, right? In, in, yep. in his side projects, and also I think maybe some Rhapsody stuff too. 
I, I believe so. Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, yeah, Luca Torelli did the yeah did like the I think he did like the Dream Quest thing. Um, I, I, he's he's definitely done more as well. That's slipping my mind. He, he yeah he he did some stuff with um, Angra. Actually, no, he produced a bunch of Angra records with Andre Matos. Here's something we're forgetting. What about Warlock? Oh yeah, of course. Like Warlock and 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 Doro Pesh's whole solo career too. Like you know, I really love those old Warlock records. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some old drunk German guy at a restaurant in Vancouver once that told me he was the drummer for Warlock, and I don't know if I believe it or not, but it <laughs> it's like I, I stranger things have happened. Reference to pull out, you know. He just I think I was wearing like some yeah I was probably a twenty four, and I think I was wearing like my buddy was working at this restaurant and I would like, it was a high end place. So I was like, uh, you would kind of go, I would kind of go and sit. He would kind of like work like a raw bar and I would sit across from him. He was, well, he was doing this thing. We, I'd drink and he'd hang We'd hang out. And this guy came up and started talking about metal. And he told me he was like the drummer for warlock. And I was like, okay, <laughs> no, it was back in the days before smartphones. So I couldn't like, look, I couldn't be like, yeah, well, what's your name? Show me your ID and I'll look you up. Right. It was just like, Oh, kind of don't believe you, old man. Why are you hanging out with me? <laughs> was he? Did he have like a German accent? Yeah, yeah. No, he was legit from Germany. Okay. I mean, I mean, it kind of like a. Kind of, yeah, he probably was telling me the truth because it seems like, especially back then, like when you know, metal wasn't like really in the forefront of the the consciousness of fucking anyone, uh, unless that people were really into it. Um, you know, it, it seems like an odd thing to say to someone if you weren't actually that guy you know if you're gonna like name drop and say you're in a band you're probably not gonna name drop and say you're the drummer for warlock probably like, not so he was probably it probably was him i just had no way to fucking verify it or not yeah that's so, interesting yeah that was that was just kind of a funny thing that happened in like 2004 <laughs> yeah 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 <clears throat> that is yeah warlock's very cool um of course like doro is a legend you know yeah Storm, which is a band I really like from Germany. They're cool. Sorry, Sorry who? Stormwitch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a band I, I mean, and 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 full disclosure, I got into them because of Hammerfall. Like they covered uh, Ra- uh, Ravenlord. So then I was like, oh, that's a cover. I should find out who did that, and then figured out that that's who that was. Another uh, in this, <laughs> the subject of storms, uh, Storm Warrior. They're oh, yeah. power metal band. Dude. They're great. Their their first couple albums are super super sick. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a couple of their records. They are cool too. Paragon's another band along those kind of same lines that I used yeah. to listen to a lot, but that have kind of fallen out of my my uh, my radar. Um, yeah, yeah. I fuck with Paragon and Paradox. Nice. <laughs> Both Jeff, bands. Jeff, what was the name of that? Wasn't there like a what was the name of that uh, underground German metal band that played at Ragnarok or that one year that Skeletor was there? Ooh, damn! <laughs> what was that band? They were sick. They were super sick live. I gotta, I gotta look that up. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't recall. But uh... me and Darren will fill empty space here. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna. But Gun I'm, Barrel is another one of those like fun bands that like. It kind of falls in the line of majesty and stuff. Mm-hmm. Not uh, with what 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 year was this, uh, Rob? Was this 2015? Yeah, it must have been because because uh, Gatekeeper played 2016, so this must have been 2015. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, Ostrakov? so you guys played. Is that it? Um. Yeah, yeah. You guys played 2015. It wasn't Ostrogoth though, because Ostrogoth are here on the on the billing. They're from Belgium. I feel oh. like this might be an older poster or something. The fuck? Yeah, they don't. Uh, yeah, Warlord. Because I bet you know what I bet actually. Because Warlord were the headliners, but they've canceled that year. Okay, that may be what I was thinking of. Okay, that might make sense. So who's <clears throat> so who replaced Warlord? That's the question. That is the question. Thank God for the internet. What would we do? Yeah. What would we do? Man, we wouldn't make fuck? people listen to us. Yes. On the internet. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, maybe, maybe I'm just uh, getting my wires crossed. You're right, though, because there was a band that replaced Warlord, and I wonder if that wasn't our mystery German band that we're, uh, that we're trying to think of right now. Either that or it was like Liege Lord or something. Yeah. Well, Liege Lord are badass, but I don't think they're from Germany. Yeah, no, no they're, not quite, yes. no. Not quite. Uh, Maybe some German heritage there, but... But anyway, I think we've established that Germany has not Germany only is excellent culture... But they got a bunch of fucking rad bands. Rad bands, excellent beer as well. Oh, dude. Yeah. It, it's a wonderful country. I mean, I went there in 2019 to see Man of War, and I didn't want to fucking come home. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a it's a great it's a it's a great place. It's a great it's it's a lot of fun. German people are wonderful, and there's a lot of rich history and and, and culture and music. And you know, it's kind of the it kind of is the, the epicenter of heavy metal in the world. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's a pretty cool place. So, oh yeah, absolutely. It's uh, yeah, man. It's it's a very uh, a lot of a lot of those bands from that neck of the woods are so influential to a lot of what we listen to today. You know, certainly. I would, I would highly recommend anybody who is listening to this podcast if you have an interest in this type of metal or any kind of metal, you take a pilgrimage there see a show in Germany and have your mind open to a different type of enthusiasm for this kind of music. Cause over there it's still basically pop music and people fucking love it. Oh yeah. You could be walking through the train station and you'll see like posters for Hammerfall for primal fear, like just random metal bands. And you're like, Oh wow. It's, it's like mainstream here. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's wild. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, uh, yeah, an, an incredible like lineage of uh, of awesome, awesome bands and less awesome bands that are still kind of cool in their own right. And Jeff, you've played there more than than me or Rob have. What would you? How would you sum up the experience of, of, of playing gigs in that part of the world? Just here, it, it, it's definitely a pretty humbling experience to like play a show in another country and then have people tell you like that they drove like like hundreds of kilometers. To, to come see you at some shitty bar in Berlin. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I have to say. And uh, yeah, our, the, our biggest and most successful shows we've ever performed have, have all been in Germany. Yeah. Sure. When Skeletor played in Germany in 2012, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, they played there before I was in the band as well. And it was, uh, it was a really interesting, amazing experience. Like, like people out there they just really really love heavy metal of all forms and like 
people were singing like along with the melodies of like the vocal melodies of the songs, which was like really mind blowing when, you know, you're a small time band, you know, on the other, from the other side of the world and people know parts of the songs well enough to sing along. Or awesome. shout along. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty incredible. I have to say like, and being able to play at festivals, like, like keep it true and things like that. It's uh it's a pretty big honor for, uh, yeah. A band like um, us. Yeah, you guys have had the experience. I have yet to do it. Greyhawk was supposed to do it this year, but damn, the world took a dump, and hopefully we'll get a chance for next year. But Big old steamer. We'll see. Yeah, anyway, I, I'll so. th- I think this is a good good, good point to end it up. End it. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll wrap this bad boy up. We've gone a little long, but that's okay. You know, hopefully you bear with us. And- <laughs> Are we at three hours? Probably <laughs> over three hours. I think it's recorded a 10. <laughs> That's okay. We, we like nerded out about Halloween for about two hours and then like nerded out about like picks of the week German bands. and then, yeah. And then David Ellison's uh, genitals. <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we covered a lot of ground. Let's put it that we certainly did. A lot of ground. I, I had like a fucking like 25 minute soliloquy about riot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Riot's amazing. And hey, that's speaking, what it's all about. Speaking of, uh, Jeff, don't you have something coming out in a couple days here? Oh yeah. my God. Okay. We'll yeah. Let's, let's plug. <laughs> yeah. But see that smooth transition. Why don't idea? you tell the folks God, at home? Damn, you are the operator that we need. Why don't you tell the folks at home what's coming out, Jeff? So, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, of course, I, I do play in a band called Gatekeeper, which we're working on a second record. We got some very exciting announcements coming very soon. But I also have a solo project where I release a new song every month. Um, we're coming up to month five um, tomorrow, where I'll be dropping the next single. I'll tell you right now, the next single is a uh, my my favorite of the songs so far. It's a really it's a fast power metal burner. It's called Firestarter. And uh, yeah, Prodigy cover. Pardon me. It's a Prodigy cover. But yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's what I've been trying to do this whole time, and just no one understood, right? Um, It's called Firestarter. Um, One thing that I'm really excited about with this track is that it features. um, It's my first guest feature on one of the songs. It features um, Evgeny Gromovoy, the drummer from Adamantis. He is awesome. Yeah, bad motherfucker. Yeah, he kicked ass on the song. He, I sent him the track because uh, he and I have been in contact. We're label mates, of course. Um, I've never, I've never met him because uh, he lives out in Boston. But uh, we've, you know, we've got a bit of a rapport and everything. Just chatting back and forth, talking about just band shit. And I said, you know, what, man, like I know you have a recording setup. Do you want to want to track some drums on this song? And he went above and beyond. Like he, I thought, I figured he would just track from home. And just kind of d- use his home setup, but no man, he like went and he didn't tell me about this until afterwards. But he went and booked a bunch of studio time and like, you know, just got everything like totally tuned, like like fresh skins and tuned up. And like, man, he kicks ass on the song. It's explosive, it's fast. Um, so it's, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think. Uh, I, I hope it really. I hope some people check it out because I think it's gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna go well. I'm stoked. Hell yeah! Hey Jeff, are you gonna? bring these songs to life live or are you gonna play them with gatekeeper or are you i don't know dude (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like i have honestly the i haven't even thought about playing live in a a while like i've been my my mind has been so kind of far from that just with all, all this production stuff and all this recording that i've been working on lately 
is it because it's not just like my own music I, I i've been producing for other other artists as well and mixing albums for other bands too so i my my mind's been a little away from hitting the stage again but i'm it'll happen at some point whether or not it happens with my songs i don't know i haven't been writing them for that purpose um but you know i mean never say never right might be it might be kind of fun um you know being a front man makes me nervous but uh, (laughs) you know that's why i'm starting to bring talented friends into the picture because you know then i don't have to do everything and like try to cover my tracks you know (laughs) rob what's going on with skeletor you guys are getting back in the saddle yeah we're just uh we just started rehearsing because everyone's finally fully vaccinated and we're uh working on i mean we haven't really talked about this uh online at all but we're do, we're slated to kind of do like a four song ep um here and hopefully by the end of this year we'll probably be out sometime next year uh just with the label release schedules but you didn't hear that from me and don't get angry at me enrico <laughs> oh nice Br- 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 you, get, you guys are still with uh the, the yeah, we're, Italian we're, stallions yeah we're we're on uh gates of hell skeletor's on gates of hell which is a sub label of uh cruise stelser yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess we're label mates too. Sort of. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Darren, when are you guys going to hook it up with Gates of Hell or uh, uh, Cruise as well? No, I'm just kidding. You, you guys are perfectly happy on, <laughs> was it Attacker Records? Is that what it is? Fighter. Fighter. Damn Blood Blood Records, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, we, uh, no, we're, like, I, we are, we do have a new album pretty much written. Um, have probably 15 songs demoed, I would say. Um, we've decided that five of them are going to make the cut. Uh, the other ones may or may not may need reworking. So this band self edits a lot, yeah. which, which is, which is cool. Um, but we're also returning to the live stage on in Tacoma on the 30th of July. Awesome. So I'm playing on a stage that I've built myself, which is pretty cool. I've been down in, Tacoma helping them build this outdoor outdoor stage, which has been an interesting experience. But yeah, you know, someone's got to fucking do it. Um, so we got to, it'll be our first show with our new guitarist, Jacqueline. Uh, she's going to be making her live debut. We got a hell of a set ready. It's going to be a full hour. We get, we get a, we're, I think we're the second last band. We get a full hour. It's going to be uh, quite the ridiculous display of, you know, the shit that Greyhawk does. Uh, so I'm quite excited. But yeah, we're doing, we got another, we got, we're signed to Fighter for another record. Um, and I'm totally happy with that label. So I don't even know what we'll do after. It doesn't depend on what everyone else is offering, but they gave us the best deal yeah. out there. So that's what I'm saying with them. There's a couple, of, there's a couple of wanted keepers of the flame, but we went with them because they gave us the best offer. So of course. Um, well, yeah, man. Yeah, we'll just see. It sounds like everyone here has got some cool shit on the go. And yeah, I'm very excited to hear both of you guys's upcoming stuff. Like I, you know, Rob, I've been a, I've been a fan of Skeletor, you know, for a long, long time. And I've seen you guys multiple times and always enjoy turning, putting on your records and everything. Yeah. Um, Cyber you. metal is super dope and <laughs> had a lot of fun. Uh, this, there's some real killer tracks. and I love seeing you guys live. Awesome. And of course, you know, Darren and uh, Greyhawk, you guys are, there's, there's an astounding amount of talent in, in your band and you guys are just getting started. So yeah. Yeah. I'm really yeah, looking so forward to everything being open again so that either 
gatekeeper or can come down well we're going to see each other next week uh but i'm really looking forward to shows happening so that we can kind of have some unification on some stages and catch each other's bands live again i haven't been to a show in entirely too long at this point i'm looking forward to going <laughs> yeah. to darren's show here uh at the end of the month i got my virtual yeah. ticket ready to go nice well, this this is like i mean the, this the, the three our three bands on a bill makes too much sense so yeah. you know, <laughs> i think it'll happen it's just you know we've been waiting take some time end, you know yeah. so but anyway we'll uh now that we've all got our plugs in and <laughs> dirty business um we're, we're approaching four hours we are yeah, we we're were setting literally. we're setting a record we are going into new ground this is probably gonna be the longest episode ever um, I, have, I have a headache from smiling with with you guys that's good it's been, a, it's been it's been a lot of fun talking to you guys thank you for yeah. filling in while revs off you know <laughs> thank you for the invitation uh yeah, for reviewing this oh awesome of course man Halloween you know and this came with revs yeah. blessing too he, he he was like you know get those if you want to get those guys on the podcast and do something do it yeah. being on for a couple of weeks um off in the fourth with a bunch of kids slaying <laughs> as he does so yeah. um well, uh, well cool. thank you everybody for listening and we will see you again next week for yet another edition of Keepers of the Flames. So keep your head down, have a good work week, and we will talk to you guys later. Keepers of the Flames.